Having to make do this tonight with uh, the heavy breathing of a very large dog. Welcome to HandPod 100. suggested this podcast and set it out into the world. It's the 100th episode of Handapod. Um, we've got Vinicius with us, who's an extremely, well, he's a much larger dog. He has appeared on Handapod before, um, episode 26, the Tim Vickery episode. Um, he's much larger than he was then. How old was he then, Aston? He was six months, if yeah. not. And he's, he's now, he's well, two years, six now. months, I suppose. Um, you've just heard Asla Pellet's voice, uh, Turkish television presenter. Asla, welcome back to Handapod. Thank you for inviting me. Hi. It's a pleasure. Uh, we are joined as well by English Dan, as usual. Hello and welcome. Uh, and by, for the first time together on the same podcast, they just met two seconds ago um, and they're getting on like a house on fire, uh, Sebastian Garcia. Hola a todos, how are you? It's been and, a long time, thanks. And Mariano, I've just forgotten your name. Uh, no, I'm sorry, I've forgotten your surname, Mariano. Capalbo. Capalbo, of course. <laughs> I wanted to say Gonzalez and it's... He's, he's a footballer. I didn't get a second. I might just got English Dan. Yeah. That's, that's how it's um, You should just call him the Pope. Yeah. <laughs> he's a San Lorenzo fan. Okay, hola. There we go. Uh, we've already started off by making plans for Hand of Pod 150, even though we never actually thought we were going to get to 100. Um, we're just discussing the fact that uh, hopefully by 150, uh, Seba's son, Felipe, is going to be joining us as well. And Seba's been telling us that he already knows the names of some players, Seba. Yeah, he knows, he knows his football already, and uh, he's, he's got more football, footballing knowledge than many of the commentators we see on TV. <laughs> well, he, he knows, knows the, the names at least. He, he knows the names, <laughs> so, and he's got more vocabulary than, than, for example, a couple of colleagues that I won't name. Names, but names, no, names. No, you know, you know. Cantalo, 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 cantalo. And... <laughs> And, no, and he knows, so I mean, he, know, he knows basically just all of the, the really well-known yeah, players, yeah. right? Messi. Yeah, when, when Argentina, were, Argentina were playing Uruguay and he, he he wasn't keeping quiet, so my wife was pointing at the at the TV because she wanted to see the match. I was working, and so she started naming the players, and she said, okay, number 10, you know him, he's Messi, and every time Messi is on TV, he, he recognizes him. And... <laughs> And then after the match, he came to to tell me about the match, and he was saying, uh, "Then uh, what mean?" Of course, in Spanish, right? <laughs> he was telling me. Um, then when Pepita left, Barcos came on. Came on. <laughs> I was like, "Okay, he's giving me the full match report, and he was only two. Now he's he knows that Nan Barcos puts him ahead of yeah. a lot of commentators. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now every time he sees someone with long hair, he he says. Barcos, that's Barcos. <laughs> yeah. So, and Barcos was sadly not involved um, in the weekend of fixtures. Just gone. If only we had some stuff to talk about, really, right? 
Nothing mm. It's not like anything's really happened. It was it? a great weekend. Um, I can ask it's, for more it's, of a weekend. <laughs> as Dan says, it's been a fantastic weekend after which to celebrate uh, the, this landmark episode. It's almost as if the Argentine League knew it was going to be handed Pop 100 and put in mm. a special effort. Um, we have had Independiente sacking or accepting the resignation it was a sacking, or somewhere in between. It sounds like it was a sacking. Yeah. They yeah. Cantero it a said sacking. it was time for a change. And Cantero says it's a sacking. But Gachigo said that he chose to leave. to resign the previous day anyway. Um, after Independiente only drew 1-1 with Union, um, we have had a match that quite literally, I'm not exaggerating here, sent me to sleep immediately after that one. Argentinos Atletico de Rafaela. Um, <laughs> I woke up about ten minutes after it finished and realised I'd missed most of the second half. You didn't miss anything. Uh, we had a goal-laden Saturday, which I'm, I'm going to save the Saturday games till till last in this very short roundup because we all know what I'm building up to, don't we? <laughs> the red of play fans. Um, Estudiantes got a cruise through nil-nil. Colón beat Vélez Sarsfield without Emmanuel Higliotti, which is... Very surprising um, and very impressive. Then again, it was like a Vélez reserve team, right? Yeah, it was Vélez reserve team. Yeah, yeah, it was, but still. But still yeah. Crap, they've now won three in a row. So they're <laughs> not, not crap anymore. Not that crap, no. <laughs> Gigliotti had scored. They come into form just when they're going to play a rushing match. Something like three of the four goals they'd scored in the previous two games. Of course, he was suspended yeah. for this one. Yeah. They still managed to win. Uh, River drew with Arsenal 1-1. Newells beat Tigre 3-1. Um, and uh, which leaves Newell's uh, just ahead of River now in second yeah. place, right at the top. And then there's points. some news I haven't heard actually, but um, Ignacio Escoco, um, he was really yeah. he yeah. got injured, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. he yeah. fractured the little toe of his right foot. So apparently he'll be out during, for during the first half. They're saying he might play at the weekend with it in a splint, which is apparently what he actually did during the second half yeah. of the um, of, of the, the Tigre again. That happened to me first actually. Yeah. <laughs> it does, yeah, I've done it as well. It, it's like. Totally yeah. take your balance out. Like you cannot walk straight. Forget about it. Mm. He scored a great Pretty goal hard. in the last minute. He scored a great yeah. goal. So <laughs> um, it's natural. Like, yeah. he can do anything. We had uh, Belgrano meeting Kilmes on Monday night, and now we go back to, to Saturday, which was the real action-packed day. It is Sod's law, of course, that um, Mariano and Seba first meet immediately after Seba's team. Sorry. Surprisingly, um, absolutely tonked San Lorenzo in the Nueva Gasometro 4 1. Uh, we may as well cover that one first because we have uh, three, two and a half, two. I'm looking at Seba quizzically now because, first of all, Seba, you have a big heart rending story of, of lost faith to tell us about, don't you? Yeah, You're no it's longer not, a fan, well, it's, right? not, it's not lost faith, it's part of growing up, maybe. Lost part of love. <laughs> growing up. Yeah, I don't know. I don't what know what it is. Changing to Queen's Park Rangers. No, <laughs> no I, didn't, I didn't change to QPR. I just incorporated QPR into my life. And, but I think... You have enough with them, right? You have enough with them, so you're living no, in South Africa. Anymore. <laughs> no, it's just that QPR was one of... Uh, after having a tough childhood and going through my teenage years and you know, suffering from stuff, uh, family-related stuff, like divorce uh, of my parents, and uh, not uh, not a very pleasant situation. Um, I I then started making my own decisions, and and then I uh, I discovered QPR, and I I fell in love with QPR. I discovered some rock bands, and I never left them. Uh, they, They were like my first decisions that I was taking on my behalf and of, on my own. So Racing, I was born into a Racing family. I was born into a Racing supporting family, and I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna pick another Argentine club, not, not at all. But I didn't, 
I didn't. I don't feel the need of going to the, to, to see them uh, as I did all my life because I was. It was more a routine. It was second nature to me. It was Sunday. We eat. We go to the stadium, and it was a ritual. Uh, that was that was what I did. Yeah. Tradition, yeah. yeah. Passion. I went to live abroad. I lost that rhythm. I lost that uh, ritual that I had every every week. And then ever since I came back, I, I have been struggling against that. I, I was feeling like, okay, <clears throat> Racing are playing. I had to go, but I don't want to go. But I'm going anyway because I, otherwise I'll be betraying myself. But I don't know. It's uh, part of a very very long process. Now I'm a father and. Every time I, I I think about going to the, to the stadium and thinking maybe something can happen to me and it, it's not like I'm afraid of something happening. I've always gone to football and I, not, nothing ever happened to me. I guess uh, if something happens to you, it's because you did something wrong. Sometimes it, it could happen that that wow. yeah, it, it could happen that you're just there and someone hits you, hits you. Or, yeah, but you know the same happened to me when my first daughter was born. Uh huh. Uh, I think the first two, three years, San Lorenzo was in an awful moment, really. It was like from 2004 to 2007, and I stopped going, and I was barely watching the games on TV. Mm -hmm. But when she was old enough, <laughs> I started going again. Yeah, I guess yeah. I guess when, when if Felipe wants to go, sometimes I, I, I imagine I'll, if I'll Rafi him, was doing yeah. great, no, no. winning championships, he wouldn't have the stuff. Hey, no, 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 that's the big no. thing. He was a wrestling fan, but they were genuinely crap. No, no, but, the, but now they started picking it up again. In terms of danger, in terms of danger, when a team is winning, mm. the stadium blooms. Like it's beautiful mm. to be in that stadium. There's no harm. Nobody is everybody's so happy. Nobody's mm -hmm. gonna fight with you. So yeah, you know, it's not because your team is winning mm -hmm. in your consciousness. You know that nothing's gonna happen to you. But your baby's fine and all that. But I never needed a, a winning team. I never had a winning team in my life. Only See, once I changed my opinion about wrestling because mm. I've never been a part of a losing team. Right. I moved here, I became a wrestling fan, it's all losing all the time. I was like, no. I can't believe that. And no, I started going I, to Corinthians yeah. games in Sao Paulo and they become champions. And I'm like, <laughs> then I go to Galatasaray game, it's like we're winning 4 to 1. Durogba is fucking playing in my team, dude. Like, what is wrestling compared to Galatasaray? It's no, not even part of my heart. But I have to say, it's a beautiful team and beautiful in Chara, but I it felt is, like everybody is. has one team in their heart. Yeah. No, I think, and that's part of another debate altogether. Like nowadays, young young guys, you'll see, you see you go to see kids playing uh, in, in the street, mm -hmm. and chances are like you're gonna find uh, an AC Milan shirt, an Inter shirt, right, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Barcelona, Manchester United. Everyone will have. And a foreign, a foreign team shirt, and in mostly Barcelona. And it's not mostly Barcelona. Yeah, the, the, I think there are already the six grande, and maybe there will be the third <laughs> grande soon. But uh, the beauty of it, and I like that. I, I like globalization in that regard. Is that you don't lose your affiliation to a team in Argentina. You just add another one because they're perfectly uh. compatible. It's, <clears throat> it's not like you'll have Racing playing Real Madrid next week. It will never happen, I think. <laughs> but but you, can, you, you can you can follow both. You, you have 180 minutes uh, per weekend to follow your teams, and they never play at the same time yeah. either, or almost okay, never. Okay, that's point of view. I'm so, saying more like in, in terms of being so passionate about both of them equally. You're always more passionate about one 
little more than the other one. Could be, yeah. Could be. At, at least yeah. it's for me. Like yeah. I feel, I really like wrestling. I really went to many games in the last two years that mm-hmm. we were like, you know, doing, and I was following my team that are the Argentinian football. But then I started going to Galatasaray games after 15 years mm. because I haven't been in my field in 15 years. And I walked in and I started crying so hard. It was the new stadium, which, mm. was, which wasn't the stadium that I was used to going. Because there was like a little bit of sadness. But then we started singing the songs and I knew every word of it. And I felt like singing it. Yeah. I think yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so we can move on from the Racing San Lorenzo game, right? Classic. <laughs> <laughs> we change the subject. We're 10 minutes in, 15 minutes in maybe, and, and we've already gone way off topic. Um, <laughs> you so, asked me. Yeah. Come I on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, this is your... Not, but he wants to talk about Boca. No, no he wants to talk there, about Boca. At no point just there did I say it was, it was not my fault. It's going to be a three-hour special it. episode. It's the, it's the 100th episode. That, that'll be fine. You can cut this off. Our listeners put up with an hour and a half every single week these days, so right. they're not going to grumble too much if we go slightly over that, I don't think. Um, San Lorenzo lost 4-1 to Racing. Mm-hmm. After we've got at least Manila. two, as I say, we, we do still have at least two actual Racing fans and one past Racing fan <laughs> uh, with us. So, Seba, are you at all happy about this or did you just not really care? No, the, the fact that I, uh, the fact Quick, that, I that I highlight about this, it makes me happy to see... Uh, four goals being scored by youth youth team players. Like exactly. they they were uh, produced by Racing, so that's always a good thing. And you can say I'm always going to love Racing. It makes you think that in 15 years' time that could be funny. <laughs> yeah, be. Well, and San Lorenzo's goal was also uh, by a youth player. Yeah. It was amazing. And we should goal. say, oh yeah, it, it deserved to arguably it should have been a five-four win to San Lorenzo just on the strength of how good that goal was. Um, <laughs> Hector yeah. Michelba put them 1 0 up six minutes in with yeah. a run from 88 meters. 88 meters, but uh, since he started the run, and 78, 78 or 75 meters since he actually got the ball. Yeah. And he only had to go past one player. Yeah. That, tells you, that shows you a lot about Racing yeah. defense. No, I thought when he was going into the box, I thought like Saka was going to get it or something, mm. and he just put it yeah. up there. Yeah, it was yeah. amazing, really. Yeah. So I was watching so running that speed for that long, and then still have enough left in your legs exactly. to finish like that. It's impressive. You know, I, I was sitting on that side of the stadium. You know where I sit, yeah, yeah. and I was watching him run. I was. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I, I didn't celebrate the goal. I was just like with my hands in my head <laughs> but then Racing it was an early goal also after yeah, six minutes yeah, and, and then Racing turned it around before half time with two goals from I mean who else could it be right the, Zinedine Zuculin the number five <laughs> <Yeah>. Zuculin <laughs> the, the defensive midfielder like he's come on he, I mean he came out and said in in the press I think yesterday and today that score for another year and a half no 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 he's, I think that this was that was his second and third of the season yeah and it's kind of completely um, the contrary he's been turned into kind of like an attacking number 8 under Zubelia mm-hmm. and there's a lot you know there's a lot of discussion in Racing if Zubelia's uh, the right man for the job like he seems to kind of go into some games and put out the perfect setup, and then other games you know everything goes wrong it basically I, depends on if they win mm-hmm. or not I saw a few snippets of an interview with him after the game uh, sorry before the game last week when he was kind of saying we realised that, that some of our players just don't seem to do the same in home matches as they do in away matches. Yeah, but I think that's another thing. I think what I'm trying to say is um, with Zuccolini, like Zuccolini, one thing he's got, he had it in Lanús and he's doing it now in Racing. Um, he's really, really good at kind of noticing the talent and developing young talent. And what he saw with Zuccolini, like all the time, you know, I, 
think he's still only 18 or 19. It's incredible. He's played, what, 60 games already. And Is he that young? That's what they say. He must have just turned 19. He must because he's Franco's younger brother, isn't he? Yeah. Franco's ah. like 21. Mm. Yeah. But he's under 20, definitely. And basically, yeah, he saw, you know, Zuccolini came into the team as a really kind of orthodox number five, uh, a harrier, a recoverer, and, you know, short passes. But then, so Elia kind of looked at this, this kid and thought, ah, oh, look, this is a guy, you know, you can go box to box. He's one, you know, he's got a decent shot on him. Mm-hmm. We're going to let him, you know, we're going to let him, right. you know, arrive to the box late. We're going to give him a bit more freedom. And, and he's done brilliantly. I know that he's scored three this season. He's jumped top scorer in oh. Racing alongside Luciano Vieto. Oh, and stop also... Stop yeah. for a second now. He turned 20 last week. Ah, oh, last oh, week. So, yeah. Yeah. He, he's like registered. Yeah. 92. Yeah. So, uh, he Second was of April, two, two days before free. my birthday. No, yeah. It was good to see him bounce uh, from yeah, the previous he one. He, gave the he, ball hit, away, yeah. he hit the bar with a header to right. make it 1 yeah. 0 against River, and then he gave the ball away yeah. to Lanzini for River's yeah. second goal but, in yeah. Avellaneda. But, but as Seba said earlier as well, you know, alongside Zuccolini and Rodrigo de Paul, Rodrigo de Paul he's amazing. scored a brilliant yeah. goal, his second golazo of the year. Vieto scored his third of the season. and I think it's a stat in the wrestling this year that eight of the goals they scored this season have come from products of the Youth Academy, mm. Mm. which is, and guys that are, you know, 20, 19, 18. This is fantastic. Con- you know. To put that into context, they've scored in total in the league uh, 11. 11. Ah, it's eight of 11 then, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think the wrestling can win a championship with these guys? Or they are too young and too regular? I don't or think they will be gone before <laughs> Racing can win something with them. Ah, oh, you're not talking about this season, you're talking about before they leave. Yeah, so it's, no, not this season. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, this season is, is very ambitious. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'd love to, obviously, I'd love to see it happen. The <laughs> yeah. thing is, you, you know, you never know really with the Argentine league. Maybe it's an, if Centurion. Really yeah, it looks healthy. like Centurion. I mean, you've got to see what happens in the. Uh, Centurion in the is not going to come back, huh? Yeah, he, he looks like he he's going to come back in the last four or five fixtures. Russians were really, I don't know, I mean, I was following that transfer closely, and what I understood is that the Russian club is definitely uh, trying to push Russing into accepting that his post, you know, operation, you know, rehab a little bit here, but then they want to take him before. And then train them in Russia. But they didn't. Refugees. They didn't buy it yet. No, the deal's not done. They have to the see if collapsed. he recovers or not because it's a very serious. Of course, but when he can stay six to months. See, months to see if he recovers, yeah. the best thing is to have him play yeah. for us in and specifically for him as well. Yeah, yeah. for us. Yeah, yeah. So play Copa Sudamericana, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, briefly, probably going to play Sudamericana. Briefly, take it back to Sukulini again. Uh, I've just got his his complete career stats up on transfer marked. Um, so he turned 20 last week and he's already played 57 yeah. for his team match. That's a 60, How wasn't much is he now? I guess. What is his price? Well, transfer market is marking it at 1 million euros, but that's... Nah. So if he leaves that's it... That's a rip-off. It, it will be a rip-off yeah. to Racing. <laughs> they sell it it's a Racing, yeah. yeah. yeah but would it really surprise you? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was a great game for Racing, I think. I was just talking to Mariano before, um, before we started recording and yeah, we both agreed that the difference between the two teams really was in the, in the definition, like... They both pretty the much. <laughs> they pretty much had yeah the finishing yeah. You can say yeah, that. Possession, no, possession yeah. and chances were fairly even. So yeah, and, and the goalkeeper was. Yeah, and Saka came goalkeeper. out with three or four fantastic one, one hand. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember who took the shot, but it was like one save which was, was just out of this world. Yeah, kind of threw himself to the top right corner and just palmed it right. over the bar like absolutely yeah, fantastic. Right. And of course, uh, Saka is like San Lorenzo, so. I think he um, got applauded before the match and mm, booed after the match. Not by everybody. Yeah, no, not by everyone. <laughs> and less after the match. 
Oh, by sure. me. But yeah, example. good for Racing, you know, keep picking up points. And after having such a shit time against River the, the week before, it was it was much needed a result like that. Mm-hmm. And, and talking about uh, after playing River, um, Mariano was saying before we, or pointing out before we started recording, that uh, since, since I went to see uh, San Lorenzo with him, which was three home matches ago, um, or four home matches ago. No, no, three, three. Um, uh, which which was the match in which San Lorenzo completely outplayed River and won. It was 2-0, wasn't it? 2-0? 2-0. Yeah. Um, San Lorenzo played three home games since then and lost all three of them. And got a keeper sent to jail. And got a keeper sent to jail, yeah. And they got a keeper sent to jail. You gave us the touch of death. Yeah. Mm. We lost against Tigre, News, and now Racing. Mm. Yeah, but they got the, the Pope. Yeah, it's a victory. They How many points does the Pope give us? Oh, come <laughs> on. points, not the Pope. A lot of money, a lot of money on merchandise. Ah, uh, they were saying today you that get the moral uh, victory. There, there, might, there might be a, a game, San Lorenzo game at Rome. I heard that, yeah. <laughs> yeah Rome against that. San Lorenzo, right? right. So they're going to be invited to play in the Clericus Cup, maybe. Though. Yeah, that too. Um, that was the second game on Saturday. The third game on Saturday. Sorry, just, so one, just one on this little subject. Are they going to play in Mordor as well? <laughs> because of Vigo Mortensen, or? Yeah. I thought they already played in Mordor. Uh, they, yeah. Yes, Flores, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very similar. It's a terrible yeah. place to. That's <laughs> terrible. That, that was the second game um, on Saturday. The third game on Saturday saw Lanús beat All Boys two-one and, and show a real uh, culo del campeón. The, <laughs> the boys have lots of just. Complete champions lack. Translates literally as the ass of the champion. Um, but as Mariano's already uh, pointed out, it, it more figuratively, is, is the luck of champions um, into English. Uh, I wouldn't say exactly that Lanús didn't deserve to win so much as all boys definitely didn't deserve to lose. Um, they had a perfectly legitimate goal disallowed when it was 1 0 to Lanús, then they scored one of their own. They played fantastically throughout. They weathered the, the late Lanús onslaught for the last 15 minutes or so. And then Silvio Romero, who'd missed three or four decent chances, all fairly easy chances, um, stuck an absolute screamer into the bottom corner, which, as he put it afterwards, was by far the most difficult shot he took during the game uh, to win it 2-1 for Lanús, which keeps Lanús two points clear, because, uh, as I said earlier on, uh, Newell's old boys beat Tigre. We'll get on to that in a bit more depth later on. Um, sure, we're going to talk now about the, most, the best Lanus, result of the week. And Lanús starting to wobble slightly, though, because they, they had... I think it was two consecutive draws so the yeah. win on the one hand might just give them that bit of confidence then for next weekend again when I think they're playing Union or something next weekend yeah they're, they're playing at Santa Fe against Union yeah away to Union um, on the other again not a great performance and, and Barasek Ilotto seems to realise that as well he said we played poorly we didn't really yeah. deserve that. Well, I think over a 19 game season yeah, or any kind of season you're not going to play every game well it's the oldest cliche in football. But no, sure, but it's you win they, when you're not playing well. They've they played three yeah, games. Right. They've played three games fairly poorly now. So do you take the fact that they've played three but how many poor games and yet yeah. still unbeaten? But how many points have they picked up in them games? Five or seven? Five. Yeah. So is that a good thing or is the performance worrying? No, I think as long as they pick up points, the performance is going to come. We know they're not a bad side. But the problem is if you're playing badly and start dropping points all over the place, then you, right. then you start worrying. We were talking before we started recording that uh, in the initial, Danus had an awful first half of the yeah. tournament. Yeah. And then they won like seven, eight games in a row and they almost win the championship. And this time, they had a very good first half of the tournament. So the second half looks promising for them. Yeah. 
And they've mostly made a bit of a pattern of that because I remember talking um, about a year ago about the fact that they did something very similar in the class order. Started right. off really slowly in last year's class order and then this picked it time. up and only yeah. finished a few points. And the, the, the best team behind them is News, who's playing Copa Libertadores in the next yeah. few weeks. Yeah. And, and River is doing regular. And, and as I said to you as well, Mariano, when you, when you were saying this earlier, they don't play River. <laughs> We're the only team, I think, to beat them during the second half of the Dio right. and the They don't play River until the second last game of the, right. of the and championship. This, and this time at home. Yeah. Right. And, and so, I mean, realistically, they could go into that potentially without it really mattering. And in the last round, they visit San Lorenzo, so they can just <laughs> start celebrating now. All of this, of course, has been a warm up to the first game on Saturday afternoon. Um, if it, my voice sounds slightly like I'm smirking while saying this, it's because I am. Um, <laughs> Which I missed, unfortunately. I, I had to um, go and spend the afternoon. Yeah, me afternoon. too. I can't believe okay. it. I, like, the news started just filtering yeah. through when I was entering uh, the San Lorenzo Stadium. I, I people were saying the result. I'm not going to give it away just yet, but it was kind of people were saying the result, looking on their phones, taking calls, and we're like, nah, you got to be, you got to be kidding. Mm. Nah, that can't happen. And then it was just like, oh, brilliant. I spent the first part of Saturday afternoon um, with my girlfriend in Palermo, just having a walk around. Um, and then I, I went back to hers, and before. <laughs> When we were waiting for the bus, uh, getting ready to go back to her place, she just phoned up her parents to make sure they didn't mind me coming round. And she asked, just sort of said to her dad, who's a massive Boca fan, um, oh, how did, how did Boca do? How are Boca doing? And he went, oh, they're five minutes to go and they're losing 6-1. Away to San Martin. So, of course, my girlfriend uh, hung up the phone and, and reported this scoreline back to me. And I immediately burst out laughing in the middle of the street. <laughs> I could not contain my joy. Um, it was one goal away from equaling... Bocker's, now Seba, you might be able to tell us this, Bocker's worst ever score or Bocker's worst score in the professional era? Because it was in 1940 <laughs> against Independiente. What was um, the score? It was it a 7-1. 7-1 against Independiente. Oh, okay. They had a 7-2 a decade ago. Yeah. But they were using a young, very, very drum. young team because uh, they had already... Last day, last day right. of the 2003 class order. Yeah, they had won Copa Libertadores and they were celebrating the, yeah. the, uh, the championship at their stadium. Meanwhile, a very young team was losing 7-2 against Rosario Central. Um, the worst, the worst that's in, that's in, first mm. team defeat in something like t- t- 25 years or something and obviously well, one goal away from equaling their worst ever defeat and obviously San Martin's previous best ever result was um, a 7-3 win over Gimnasia de Jujuy. So <laughs> 6-1 versus Boca. Yeah, yeah. Slightly. They, they, has, they had scored only six goes in the entire torneo final mm. then they score six in and they didn't win in the last 16 six games before that yeah, no. exactly. so, so Boca First now lost to Union Boca. who hadn't right. won in 26 league games and now they've lost to San Martin who so what's wrong 16. I really wonder this well this is the thing everything everything what's happening why didn't you save this team like they're doing it on purpose as, as one of the reporters put it after that game although this obviously is a shock result it, uh, historic um result, particularly for, for San Martin, it's not really as if you couldn't have seen it happening. I mean, it could have happened against Independiente, it could have happened against Dunyon right. when they lost, it could have happened in any of the games they failed to win so far this year. They could easily have conceded five or six in those, and they just happened to hang on through the opposing team's awful finishing, as happened against Independiente, for instance. I thought it was brilliant um, as well that the one goal they did score was a penalty that wasn't actually a penalty. No, <laughs> free kick. Yeah, that, that is not surprising. Spot, no. <laughs> there had to be a little bit of bocker, even though the, the defence was... You know, more independent than Boca. Yeah, I, I'm still they're, surprised. They're, uh, I've seen extended highlights since. To give you some idea, as we said last week, Ole's uh, marks out of ten are not always 
um, particularly reliable, but I'll read out the ones they've given for this game, just because in this instance I think they they show um, more than a little bit about the game. Oscar Rustari in goal got a two. Christian Selay, Matthias Caruzzo, Guillermo Bordiso and Clemente Rodriguez, those are the back four, got uh, six and a half between them out of a possible four. They were, they were 1. a solid bang two, in the back. One for Bordiso and two for Clemente. Uh, Lautaro Acosta got 2.5, Federico Bravo got two, Juan Sanchez Mino got two and a half, Nicolás Colasso managed up a five, he was man of the match for Boca. Uh, Juan Manuel Martinez got Juan Manuel Martinez got two, and Santiago Silva, who was the scorer of the penalty that was not a penalty, got two point five. He celebrated so it like a madman. He did. Um, he, in fairness to him, he like, probably thought the the they're going to beat like the shit out of everybody yeah. else, but Zafé, <laughs> Zafé, no me van a hacer mierda. Did Ole steal the player ratings from somewhere else, or did they just produce them? Tell us why you No, 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 no reason, no particular reason. Really? Uh, yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Don't <laughs> sound similar to the no. goal.com. There you are, yes. yeah. No, no, not in this. No, no, not in this case. No, no, not in this case. In a previous, in a, in a few other occasions, they have stolen our content. But anyway, our <laughs> goal.com content. But anyway, so, not, not, not exactly to the point here. But this, this doesn't exactly help the Clarine group to endear themselves to you, does it, Sabah? <laughs> not, not that they needed anything, but... <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about all the jokes people made all week about oh. Boca, please. Oh, that's, so that's they're very predictable. I'd, I'd rather talk about how the hell... I mean, again, not for the first time this year, I have people tweeting me after that match saying, so Bianchi's going now, right? And of course you think, no, it's Bianchi, of course he's not going. This is what exactly what they talk about. But I happen to catch quite a lot of the... People um, have actually now... Football. For the oh, first on Sunday, time. and that was the whole thing they were saying. Yeah. That. If it was any coach apart from Bianchi, Boca lose six one to San Martin, then no, but he would, he would have door. gone before in the, what, after the Union game. Mm-hmm. If it was yeah. just any other coach. Bianchi yeah. himself had yeah. to come out after the game and make a, a sort of statement to the fans, which went up on the club's official website and everything, uh, apologising and calling the defeat shameful. <coughs> we, we were talking about the most successful Boca manager of all time. And exactly. he did that not so long ago, so everyone alive knows right. it uh, and remembers. It was a long time ago. Yeah. It was in well, football eight years. It's no, long. But no, sure, but in the life of the fans, they can all remember it happening. That's we still right. remember stuff happening in the 80s, yeah. 90s. Right. It's, still relevant, uh, it's still relatively uh, not so long ago, but I, I, I'm still... The, the thing that uh, still makes a bit of noise in my head is why on earth did Bianchi come back? I, I can't understand it. Why, I don't. What I was his money can be the reason no, maybe no, no, lots no. of cash. No, no. He's not, he's not, not like... Uh, well, I could And you know winners, it's like they need more challenges. That's but they, they are but winners, he knew, he you know? or he must have known that Boca of these days is not the same Boca of when he was... Uh, in charge and as, as more Joel's, to the point, been, Joel's been saying on the, the episodes that he's, he's been on uh, the lazy bastard that um, <laughs> that they're a team in transition that Bianchi knew what he was going to have to do he knew he was going to have to rebuild the team which is something that for some reason the press only seems to have noticed after this game suddenly Boca having this big clear out in the middle of the year now they're going to get rid of basically the entire first team um, and, and, and that Bianchi came in right before a transfer window in which he was only allowed to sign three players mm-hmm. yeah but that's fine but let's look at the season before the uh, the Inicial and the Falcioni with exactly the same players a weaker squad than they've got now because yeah. they, they didn't lose anyone in the 
in the summer break mm-hmm. and what they finish what sixth or seventh in um, yeah. in the NCL. No, so also, uh, the I players can't be that bad yeah. if they came sixth or seventh and they had Sudamericana, they they had other other commitments so. Yeah. So no, what I, you know, what the hell? Like you can't say he took over a dying team, he took a team that no, but he finished first well, 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 only a year ago that finished. I'm saying he took over a team that clearly is in a state of transition that, that needs rebuilding. Given well, what the transition? Age, We're talking about a team. Given right, the ages finalists in the Copa Libertadores, yeah. and then sixth, sixth, or fifth, seventh—I don't know what it is. Like, yeah, top also, yeah. in the season before, it's the same team, team. But that team was full of players who were in the mid thirties, so you're going to have to replace them. Somewhere. Well, they they were the, the best Belgrano defender. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. that yeah. Belgrano is probably the best Juan defensive team. Martinez, <laughs> like one they were the, the Burrito Martinez, one of like the best a, domestic forwards, right, like, probably exactly. the best. Right. Like, no, you can't. You can't say it's a and transition. What about team. Silva? He's like the fourth yeah. uh, striker now in the team. No, I'm not. I'm not accepting. So, so it's a transition. So Mosa, since last year's Clausura, has fallen off a cliff in terms of how good he is. Yeah. Mm. He's, he's been ridiculous. They had uh, Schiavi retired. That was a big loss. Yeah, Schiavi. Schiavi, I'll give you. Like, they they, they had various players in, in key positions. I'm not saying it's you know the entire team, which is what's being talked about replacing now. Mm. It's not like the entire team suddenly all retired and went no, see no. But they have various players in very important positions on the pitch that clearly they have to replace, and they didn't make a particularly good job of it in the transfer market. I, I, I will still um, I will still give Bianchi time. I think he deserves that. I mean, they got the Libertadores. They got more. They got. I don't think anybody on the pot is suggesting that Bianchi does. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I think he's doing a terrible job so far, but I will still give him time. He deserves that. He's uh, he earned it. He earned yeah. it, and he needs at least one preseason to work on this team, maybe. And Mariano was saying, "Oh, it happened a long time ago. All these things that Bianchi won, and." In some regard, I agree because all of those players are retired now. You know? Yeah, they're all retired. Yeah, it's a <laughs> different coaches. It's a different thing. But, <laughs> right. but the thing is, Bianchi didn't uh, didn't keep working, so he yeah. he quit the game right. for for a number of years. And football is really different from a year ago. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of it reminds me a lot of when uh, Basili came back to Racing last yes, year. Exactly, like a really good coach. You know, there's no doubt that he's got the pedigree, he's got the history, but. It just seems like yeah, he's on another, he's on another page to what football is now. Yeah. that's what I see in Boca. Well, that's you, what I see in Racing. If last you time. check the ages of All the coaches knows. in first division now, you have Bianchi probably the oldest one, mm-hmm. then Ramon I think, and okay now Brindisi the new Independiente coach. I don't know if you have older coaches. No, most of them. No. Perfect segue, Mariano, because it's the ideal excuse to start talking about Independiente. Right, excellent. Okay. In which. Okay, Independiente didn't lose six one, but things that have been almost equally hilarious have happened to them in the last few days. Um, oh, don't be so bad. Don't, 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 be, don't be so mean. There's not, uh, nothing hilarious about that. Hilario Navarro, just Hilario Navarro. If you're a bit of a sadist, then it's potentially hilarious. Independiente drew one one with Union in the very first match of the weekend. Um, immediately after the game, Américo Gallego offered his resignation, as we mentioned at the start of the. Um, the episode, this was rejected by Independiente's board, and then about 24 hours later, uh, Javier Pesquero, the president, announces that he sacked Gallego. Mm-hmm. Some people are very, as I suggested, dubious about whether it was really a sacking or a resignation. How do you say to descomprimir la situación? Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah, to sort of depressurize uh, the stuff <laughs> that's going on around the club. Um, and Independiente have decided to replace this managerial legend of the club with another managerial legend of the club. As yeah, right, a legend that won one championship. 
To show exactly just how much of a rutting Dependiente are in, uh, the new manager, Miguel Angel Brindisi. He was the uh, guy that basically took Huracan to the bay. Must yes, be a friend of yours, Mariano. Also, a name that perhaps some of our European, most of our European listeners and North American listeners won't be familiar with, but he's been named various polls as, as like one of the greatest players in the history of Argentine football. Well, people say um, in Boca Juniors 1981, when they win the league with Maradona, yeah. some people argue that Brindisi was actually more important to the team than Maradona. Than Maradona. He had, I think, one, one season in Spain with La Palmas and the whole rest of his career playing was in Argentina, right? He, he played as champion Racing, in Huracan. He played for Racing. Yeah, Huracan. He won Huracan's only championship. Yeah. He was one of the best players yeah, in 1973. Yeah. Yeah. He won promotion with Racing to the... First division in '84. Before retiring, and he, and he retired. Yes, then, then he retired. He and he has an extensive record as manager. He yeah, also the Guatemalan mm. national team. Mm-hmm. That guy played Sorry, with Houseman in Huracan. Yes. Right. yes. Um, and he he's been named independiente manager. He was named independiente manager after about seventeen thousand people turned the job down uh, on Sunday <laughs> and Monday. And today, I think it was earlier today, today, as, today. as Mariano yeah, yeah, yeah. was telling me, because I haven't heard about this uh, during the day, he was giving an interview to a, a radio station, and whilst the interview was taking place, he got a rap on his car door, because he was obviously on, on the phone in his car. A la Harry Redknapp, right? And, uh, giving an interview <laughs> from, from inside the car. Except yeah. that Harry, Harry Redknapp's never been robbed whilst giving an interview, which is a bit of a shame, really. He'd arguably, <laughs> <laughs> he'd arguably be more deserving of it. Um, and they took what, what were you saying, Mariano? His, his, his watch. Yeah. His watch. He, they were like knocking on his car window and saying, "Flashing the open it, open it." They yeah, flashing gun, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he opened it. Give me a watch. Give me a watch. And they took his watch while he wasn't ready. And you listen to that yeah, the whole listen, time. I, I wow. listen to it. Yeah, this is what he. This is what he gets. I listen to the audio. This is what he gets for doing his radio it's right radio. outside <laughs> Racing Stadium. Right? Um, <laughs> but no, this, this says something. He was in Palermo, so maybe he was close <laughs> This, this says something arguably quite trite about the kind of position that Independiente are in this season. Um, they're a mess. They're going down. I don't Definitely know. Down. I don't know. Mariano, I have my doubts now. Actually, I Mariano might be able to help us out because, Mariano, I, the email that you sent me last week I read out on last week's podcast about the numbers that Independiente needed. Yeah, and it's getting they worse can, now. The thing is, they can actually, ne- next weekend, they win their game and Kilmes don't win theirs. They, Independiente can actually climb out of the relegation. Right. But even then, yeah, but because you Kilmes are dividing yeah. matches by fewer points, you have, to think it on the lo- you have to think it on the long run. Mm. I mean, Kilmes might lose next week, but if they get 12 points in the final nine rounds, they will probably skip relegation. Sure. And I think Rafaela is already safe. I Rafaela won... Well, they drew. No, sorry, they drew. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They host Independiente now. Yeah, they host Independiente next week. Yeah. But even if they lose, I think they need like seven, eight points. If they get nine points, Independiente needs twenty more. Yes. So it's yes, yes. impossible. No, but I'm I'm having my doubts now, and it's not because I'm a com- computer, conspiration, conspirator, or, or conspirator. Not the one who conspires, but the one who believes in cons- oh, conspiracy, conspiracy theorist. theorist. Yeah. Right, yes. <laughs> we got uh, in the <laughs> Sorry, apologies. Um, but, Javier Cantero, right? Independiente president. 
he came to the scene saying I'm going to fight the Barrabravas I'm going to be the one who leads this movement and who's going to fight against them and eradicate them and they're not going to control my club and then he starts seeing that it's not as easy as he as he thought it was he has differences with the woman he had put in charge the woman resigns put in charge of Florencia security Arieto. Florencia, Florencia Arieto MILF Milf. <laughs> oh my god! Milf alert! <laughs> I am shocked. <laughs> and and this then this episode is not really serious. <laughs> and then he and then he says, right? I think Julio Grandona is one of the greatest um, football personalities and, and how do you call how do you say dirigentes directors directors yeah. Oh, all time. Oh, he's really hoping for some he help. Started, he started like uh, sugar Brown coat. Yeah. 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 Brown knows Exactly. Yeah. And, and now he sacks the manager. The manager that he just appointed apparently got a call, or reportedly, because I heard a couple of journalists saying that Brindisi got a call from Grondona to tell him to accept, to accept the offer. <laughs> right? So then... Julio Grandona's let's, son, let's Humberto, the manager of the under-17s. Sorry, Seb, I was um, uh, only half listening because I got dragged off by, by Vinicius during that, so in case he didn't already. So Julio Grandona, of course, for new listeners, is the president of the Argentine Football Association. And, and vice, FIFA, president FIFA, FIFA. Vice, president. vice president of FIFA, which all suggests that the AFA might not be quite as neutral, given that he's... And, and most importantly, and, uh, in this case, former president of Independiente. Yes. Yeah. As well. And, and founder, and founder of Arsenal Sarandí. Sarandí. And right. I have to say, Humbertito Grondona, um, the son. boss of the national under-17 squad, not the Independiente. Exactly, yeah, the national, right. the Argentina under-17. So he's he tweeted, he tweeted that Independiente are too big of a club to turn your back on. Mm. So all those managers that rejected, you better not expect coaching Independiente in the future. Like saying, okay, <laughs> you, you told us no. You told us, like, um, he, inverted brackets, right, in this yeah. case. But Maybe a mafia message. Exactly. Right? And then, uh, the day after, today, the other son of Grandona, Julio Jr., no who way. is the president of Arsenal. It's Julio Humberto Grandona, and his sons are called Humberto and Julio. Exactly, yeah. There's nothing you need to know about the man. So Julio Jr. says... He is the president of, of Arsenal, the acting president of Arsenal. He says uh, in a radio interview, Oh, every Monday we gather with uh, my dad, my brother, and Javier Cantero, president of Independiente, and we speak about Independiente. And he revealed this on a radio pro show that everyone listens to. And, you know, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm starting to think that well, they independent might get a way out of uh, this relationship. Yes, you, you remember what happened with Mar you remember what happened with uh, Marconi? Yes. Marconi is one of the referees associations president. He's a well-known Independiente fan, and he said, "I think San Martin will get relegated for sure." A few weeks ago, yeah. <laughs> the San Martin president was crazy. Okay, we don't want any referee from this association. We want all the referees from the other associations. And today, he, and today, this guy Marconi said, "I have asked Julio Grandona not to appoint any of my referees to any of in the Independiente matches." Let's, let's just be clear: then. there's more than one refereeing association. Right, yes, Sadra and the Triple A. <coughs> yeah, and 
yeah, the, the AAA <laughs> is, is, is another infamous yeah. entity <laughs> yeah, in, in, in the history of Argentina. But anyway, paramilitaries. So, yes, yes. And so everything is very, very dirty right now. Everything has got it, gotten to a point in which you have to doubt everything that yeah, happens around remember, Independiente. Uh, what I would say is, first of all, as we said last week, Independiente at this juncture, a million times more screwed, mathematically speaking, than River Plate were at the same yes. stage two years ago. And the other is, two years ago, we, us three... We're seven, talking about down, the same thing, right? We're all saying exactly the same yeah, thing about yeah, River. That's no, what we're not going to ask go down. Yeah. It's not going to happen. No. But i tell you what the, what the difference is the, to the me. The difference is, of course, is the president of the Apple was not a River Plate fan. Right? Not just that. Yeah. And Pasarela went and said, you have Fuck to quit. You. Yeah, you had to quit. He told Grondona, you have to quit. And Grondona gave him the kiss of death, man. And everybody <laughs> said, if Pasarela didn't have a fight this big with Grondona, River would never Every, go down. River Plate fans say it, and they're wrong. River, no, they're River not. Jesus, Sam, they, got a, they, 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 they weren't allowed a clear penalty on Pavone on the last day at the Monumental. That would have never happened. Yeah, it would have made a difference. Yes, it would have made a difference. They got another and they missed it. But, but I mean, that was clear. That was a, as clear a penalty I've seen in the Monumental. And I've seen worse given. So I think it's... A, it's you shouldn't... But do you know what's the difference? It's like... They will have to pull like a lot of things to save independence. Yeah, yeah. It would be yeah. so obvious. Like, because there are ten games left, now. and they, they need to win. Care. At least they need to win five or six, and, and you and need Kilmes losing up. four or five, or San Lorenzo losing four or five more. It will be like I don't know. They can do it one week, but the next yeah. week everybody will be really they alert. Been, they about have been it. already oh. doing it with San Martín de San Juan, if you ask me. With all these yeah. uh, refereeing decisions. I mean, that penalty. Oh yeah, the penalty. Is that was clear. That yeah, was okay, clear. But no, this not the penalty with Boca. Check the previous results. I mean, yeah, the right. previous right. penalties given against them, penalties not given for them. You know, it's, it's, the, the difference is the teams involved this time. Yes. Because they can do it to teams from faraway provinces because they don't get enough attention at Buenos Aires. Mm. But in Buenos Aires, media, right, right. But I don't think they can do that to Quilmes. You know, Quilmes' president is, is Aníbal Fernández, who is a very important political figure in Argentina. Writing with and I hope they don't do it to, to San Lorenzo. <laughs> that is another big team, and that's it. You yes, have Quilmes, San Lorenzo, or Independiente will get relegated in, the, in that third spot. So, They're going to burn someone, but you don't know yet who. I don't know. I, I think it's too difficult that they can pull something out and... Burn some, some. It is, it is, but it's still mm, very feasible that they manage to escape. They need to. They, first of all, what they need to do is start scoring goals right. because they're not. <laughs> That's they're the not main scoring, problem. They're, How they're are they not away their chances. Yeah, can I say, <laughs> they are even yeah. missing penalties. You know, yeah. <laughs> the and last two one, penalties. This is working. the one potential bright spot because the, the Independiente goal on Friday before we finish up that Independiente. Uh, we've been talking for some time about how Juan Caicedo is just awful in every way as a footballer. Um, <laughs> missing chances that I would score and it's not even as if I wouldn't get in the position to score those chances because I, I would because he's just not a very good footballer at all um, Adrian Fernandez got called up by Tolo Gachego for, for his last match in charge uh, this kid 18 years old was he? Um, who's apparently been, um, been superb in the reserves not that we've seen him English Dan thinks it was a handball but it was a proper you were thinking that he was what? Hmm? there was a suggestion of handball when he took the ball down. Clear handball. He went, yeah. <laughs> he, went for, he went for a header, messed it all up and kind of headed it onto his arm. That meant he, he took it down and controlled it and, and, and finished, yeah. The proper target man to finish, scrambling in at least, scoring on his debut. 
I think he had played yeah, before. It was his full debut. I'm oh, sorry, you're right. Yeah, it's, it's first start. Um, perhaps there's some hope there, at least. But even so, when you've got Leguizamon, who's just a donkey, and then Fernandez, uh, Fernandez having to do his, his own job with Farias, who was good, but is now severely out of form. And I say that I don't think he's ever been good. I'm not sure how he got a job as a footballer. Um, you do start to wonder about Independiente's attack. Anyway, we shall now move on. We've discussed the relegation issues. We've discussed Boca's historic defeat. I'd just like to repeat that one more time so that you all hear it. Um, the title race is mm. heating up nicely. Still pretty tight. Lanús got, as, as we said earlier, not entirely deserved, but in its own way, potentially encouraging for their championship chase. 2-1 uh, win against all boys. The following day, that, that was on Saturday, the following day we had Newells versus Tigre. Um, and River Plate versus Arsenal, so three uh, title challengers um, competing. Uh, Newell's brushed Tigre aside, but didn't really brush them aside. I was impressed with Newell's. I didn't watch. They played for over the last half hour with uh, ten men, and I think in total they, they gave Tigre a one-man advantage for about 50-odd minutes of it. Um, I managed to come back from 1-0 down to win 3-1. Tigre's goal came from... I'm trying to drag oh, this no, out. Wait, Newell's was winning. Sorry, you're right. Newell's went one nil up through Big Dolph Figueroa. The first capture has been uh, two nil for Newell's. They were at least, so much at better least. than Tigre, yeah. Completely dominant. Um, Ruben Botta scored. That was a penalty, wasn't it? Yeah, right, um, right. And so the red card to the goalkeeper. Um, Hainsey. Yes. Oh, sorry, sorry, Hainsey. Right, yes, sorry, when, uh, when no, Gabriel... Right, the was, uh, and, and Gabriel Hainsey, as, as so frequently during his career as well, committing one of the most flagrant red card fences you've ever seen and then spending five minutes arguing with the referee before going off just ridiculous he's in his nature um, <laughs> smoke, with the smoke seller <laughs> anger anger management um, then so with Newell's down to ten men Santiago Bergini put them 2-1 ahead uh, then Tigre had Diego Castaño sent off um, before which as we mentioned earlier Ignacio Coco the man playing by that point with a fractured toe uh, made it 3-1 it was um, like Newell slept for 20 minutes and yeah. then they woke up, and even with ten men, they won yeah. the game. But the interesting thing with news was uh, what happened midweek uh, in Copa Libertadores. Mm. Uh, they, they got a huge cushion, but they had a huge, huge um, goal difference cushion, and and also point difference as well. Uh, they needed well, to, in order to be knocked out, they they had to lose heavily, and Universidad de Chile had to win heavily in uh, Venezuela they went there to Venezuela to play Deportivo Lara and at some point Universidad de Chile and um, what was it, the team that were playing against News uh, Olympia Olympia de Paraguay they were both scoring for fun yeah. so we were checking on the goal difference column because they were in danger of, of going out but in the end they lost 4-1 and they managed to to qualify for, for the next round of the Libertadores. Olympia as group winners and News as second place team. Uh, for Universidad. Yeah, Universidad de Chile out. Um, but I think News wants to win the championship. It's like their main priority. Libertadores. Libertadores? No, I think the, yeah, the tournament, the local league is their priority. Because they were using regulars against Tigre after the Olympia game, yeah. and they will use regulars again this Friday at Vélez. Uh, I think like Martina wants to go for the, for the tournament. Yeah. I think he will go for for both. Oh yeah, mm. but he's leaving at the end of the season anyway. So 
Heal really yeah, good. Newell's now two points behind Lanus, um, as they were at the start of, of the weekend. And River Plate drops some ground um, with a 1 1 draw against Arsenal. Seba's got a finger in the air, so Seba. Can we speak about Estudiantes for a bit? We can speak about Estudiantes for a bit, yes. Yeah. Several things happening. Uh, Estudiantes got a 0 0 draw against Godoy. Bottom of the league, no wins in nine. The only team that yeah. doesn't have a draw. Four yeah. wins and five defeats. Or New five, manager. Five Sorry, four draws and five yeah. defeats or something, I think it is. New manager, Pellegrino, right? Pellegrino appointed mm. this, this week. Yeah. And Juan Sebastián Verón returning to... To football again. Maybe. To training. Seba, At I least to training. Okay, I was, gonna, I was about to pick you up because I saw you picking Joel up for saying that Seba Verón was back. <laughs> What's wrong with having team players who cannot just retire? Four <laughs> players everywhere. They're just four draws. Four draws, five losses, 15 goals conceded in nine matches. For and they have to start thinking about relegation next season. Yeah. I made that point, I think, last week or something, yeah. They're going to be really complicated if they don't pick up in the last, what's it, nine games or ten games we've got left now? Mm-hmm. Ten yeah, games, you're right. Then they're, they're, they're really going to be struggling. 2010-11, um, uh, Olay have the wrong season that's marked up. Check Promiedos. Check Promiedos. That's the Bible. I was about to say this, Seba. Um, you know that after long-term Twitter followers will be aware that Seba is absolutely appalling with, with numbers. <laughs> Um, and might therefore be wondering how he already knows, and it is this website, promiedos.com, P-R-O-M-I-E-D-O-S. It's a deliberate misspelling the of promedio. Uh, did you ever try to get on that website time. after an independent game? <laughs> it's collapsed. It's collapsed. <laughs> no, but it's for real. The last two, three weeks, every time the independent game is sending, you can't get in that website. But yeah, basically, as Vidiantes at the moment, in the relegation table, long-term listeners will know what it means. Uh, short, new listeners can go to the table section of astelgossiempre.com. Um, you'll find it at the top of the header for an, an explanation. I'm not going to try and explain it again now because it's just too confusing when you've had three minutes already. Um, <laughs> The three seasons the Estudiantes have so far are 69 points, 50 points, and the current season, which is 32 points. And at the end of this season, they're going to lose the 69-point season, um, yeah, really which is essentially what's keeping them up. And I, I was wondering, you know, what, one of the things, going back to Bianchi and how much pressure Boca are under and so on, relegation-wise, some people might be starting to wonder, not really a problem at all, because they're going to lose a 53-point season. They had last season, they, they got 76 points. Yeah, Boca um, are absolutely fine. If the season ended today, Boca would go into next season top of the relegation standings ahead of Belles who actually won a championship for really? this season. And Lanús? Um, really? Yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah, yeah. By yeah. a few points. I'm surprised. No, not, not by very much but they'd be just ahead and they would obviously leapfrog River at the moment River are third of that table and Bogo fourth. So I'm taking that as a big <laughs> victory already. Uh, but sorry, back to Estudiantes. Seba Beron, um, not Seba Garcia, is <laughs> going to have an operation on his Angle. Treatment, treatment, not operation. He's, he's going to go transfer, isn't he? Italy. 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 Sorry, I'm getting confused with Trezeguet. Who else? Ah, uh, yeah. So he had a, Trezeguet had an operation Monday, today, yeah. and everything went well according to him. And or yesterday. Anyway. Yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday, as we record, Monday by the time this is online. Yes. And yes, yeah, so and Veron, he's apparently he's training already. Register himself to play again for the team. Yeah, the he's, he's, he's training already. And he, if the if the uncle re, uh, responds okay, he's going to make a comeback for the next uh, torneo inicial. This doesn't say very much about what Estudiantes directors and coaches think of their young midfielders coming through the youth squad. Doesn't and it? he is one of the directors, <laughs> Juan Sebastián Verón. So I think he decides When's his birthday? October or something? So shortly after the season begins, if I remember that rightly, he's going to be turning 39 years old. And he's making a comeback. He can still play. He, yeah. can, he can be standing in the middle of a... Oh, Riquelme is doing that. 
You can still yeah, play the app, sure. But I mean, let's say if it was Racing, if it were Racing, who, has, as we said earlier, have got a load of young players coming through. If it were River, who's cut there, has very much started to work again now. Would you really be happy with a 39 year old, however good? I would. If, I, if it's Sebastian Verón, I would. I mean, for, for everything that he it's did not for healthy. the club. I, I agree completely with how much of a great figure he was. To have, him, not to, to have him in, in the dressing room, that's, yeah. that's enough. That's not, I wouldn't say enough, but that's, uh, that's already a boost for all the, young, the youngsters as well. The thing is, when he retired as well, it wasn't like he was struggling every week. Like, he had a lot of problems kind of with fitness, but when he was on the pitch fit, he was the best player in his career. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, look at Ronaldinho in Brazil and how the Brazilian national team wanted him back. Yeah. He's doing great at Libertadores with Atletico Mineiro, and I think his combination of the experience he brings in with the young players—that's what maybe is to the Atletico. So what are you actually Consciously or subconsciously, the guy wants to play as an egomaniac, but he may work well within the team of young players. So what you're saying is that Seba Veron actually wants another tilt at the World Cup and is aware that as long as he's nah, playing for Estudiantes... Nah, no, 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 that's not Estudiantes. For him, it's, no, it begins no, and ends with Estudiantes. But Sabela, Sabela is the coach. Sabela so. Sabela <laughs> I, should point out, I should point out I have my tongue firmly in cheek for saying that. No, Sabela knows him. Cheeky, cheeky, very cheeky. While we're on the subject, actually, of Veron and now we've talked about Sabela, do we ever say anything about... Uh, what those two did for the, the flood victims yeah, in La Plata because I think it's worth mentioning Savela sorry yeah, you're right. we, mentioned, we mentioned the floods in La Plata last yeah. week we not mentioned either he opened his house and cooked yeah. for people that's awesome. like really awesome yeah it was and, incredible until, until Asla, uh, Asla um, interrupted me we hadn't mentioned either Gimnasia we should point out as well or Estudiantes um, or the national managers uh, contributions and to all the so clubs really that, like I mean we say yeah. a lot of yeah, bad a lot of things yeah, about the football here like you know they've even Godoy Cruz, who of course manager Martin Palermo, who started off in Estudiantes, is yeah. a local. Plata, yeah. They apparently, when, when, when they made their journey to La Plata, they collected loads of stuff from, from club members, yeah. their own fans and things, and, and shit them over there yeah. to, to help out. And I know before I went to, um, to Racing against River, there was collections in, in the Racing Park, like the Racing Car Park, you know giving clothes, food and everything and like people were doing. Savela as well, you know, obviously he's got such a great connection with uh, La Plata and Estudiantes. Yeah, opened up his own house as, mm. as a shelter for the flood victims. Verón, I can't remember exactly what the, he did. But he, he, he deserves the World Cup, right? Yeah. For doing this. Verón was, was, uh, was helping... Uh, I know he did a big part, but carrying a boat. Exactly Ca carrying a boat. Wow. Yeah, through one of the streets yeah. that was uh, flooded and him and Agustina Lashes were on top of every effort. Estudiantes have been helping out people as a gimnasia, yeah. um, I'm sure. Uh, and there's also one thing... And the rugby uh, team based in La Plata as well, La Plata uh, being rugby. Amid of, of all of the efforts from people in general, from football clubs and all that, there has been an idea of having Estudiantes and Gimnasia play a friendly. Mm they don't play each other lately because Gimnasia are in second division going up hopefully and, but some of the club directors from both clubs are opposed to that idea so yeah it's, it's one of the uh, sad things about uh, this because I, I think they should put everything aside and yeah it would be fantastic if they could and collect some money yeah, yeah. play at the Estadio Único de la Plata a friendly and and people, I don't think people will be that idiotic, that, that moronic they to can't be, no. cause problems. I mean, these are, we're talking about people from La Plata exactly, who suffered. Exactly, exactly. You know, 
what happened was yeah. a terrible thing. It's, uh, yeah. I don't want to talk about poli- <laughs> politics, but... Yeah. Well, it wasn't really political. Well, it is. Well, it turns you into... You might blame the Pope for the flooding. <laughs> There's on. been a lot of political backstabbing, of course, as a result of it. Um, which kind there of always politics. is in Argentina. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, anyway. Um, it, moving on. Uh, for a second, without meaning to disrespect the, the flood victims, um, River Plate played Arsenal de Sarandi and drew 1-1 in a, I think, at least a fairly entertaining game. Maybe mm. I've got that wrong. It wasn't particularly entertaining. <laughs> I uh, didn't watch it. Matter. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, I thought I thought the draw was definitely the right result. Mm. Um, yeah. Neither side were enormously better or worse. You think Arsenal has a shot at the title? I think they did. Following this, right. <laughs> the, first thing, the first thing to point out is Arsenal's first half of the Torneo Final, because we're pretty much halfway through the Championship now, uh, is a lot better than the first half of the Torneo Clausura was last year, and of course they ended up winning the Torneo Clausura. So they definitely got a shot at it. But, um, but if I have to mention four teams, I say Lanús, News, Arsenal, and River. Only because River is not playing Copa Libertadores. Racing, Racing Mariano, no, no, Racing. Mariano it's, it's almost as if if you had to pick four teams out to win the championship right now, it would be the top four <laughs> in the championship. Right? Right no, now. but Colo Cruz is, is there. Colo Cruz is there. Level off. And I, I'm, I'm only mentioning River enough. because you're here. Because, uh, <laughs> but I think, I, I think you're, you're right to point out that Colo Cruz are, uh, are also up there and you've not named them because they've had a. Seemingly, at least, a relatively easier mm-hmm. half of the draw so far. Um, whereas the others have all played at least a couple of their main rivals. In Lanús' case, I think they've actually had a fairly difficult beginning to the. Right. They're running it from now is a lot easier than the. Mm-hmm. Close the only other contenders they've really got to play at River. Actually, they might still have to play. No, they've played Arsenal already. So, yeah, of the top four or five, Lanús have only got to play River still. Whereas River have got to play Lanús and. Walker. Of the top four or five, they've got oh, the super classic, of course. So Fulham is out the Which window. Which they will lose. Sure. Inevitably, <laughs> I'm already, I'm already steaming myself for right? this. Don't, don't. Yeah, yeah. don't but I, I tell you what about River. The thing that I wouldn't say that surprises me entirely, but I remember when Ramon Diaz took over this, this last time. He said, "I, I want to change the mentality. I want to have us thinking about uh, as a big team again." We have to think about winning every match we play and play beautifully and play for these uh, the supporters and everything. And and even though they're not top of the league or anything like that, nobody expected them to be. But I think they have managed to do that in some extent. They they are uh, playing away and winning matches and, and and going for it and playing with a different uh, with a different shape as compared to the Almeida team. Uh, mm. The Almeida team were like... You as I knew said, when they suffered the matches. They as suffered I, the matches. As I said, when Almeida was sacked, I thought it was harsh on Almeida mm. because he hadn't exactly done a bad job. River were more than comfortable. They, they were getting more than enough uh, points per game in terms of the relegation average and so on after coming up. But, yeah, I mean... They were suffering the matches. Done a fantastic job. Exactly, yeah. And they're, they're playing differently and not, not with a lot of new faces. Mm. Um, what well, well, they that, have also had, in fact, is, as, as, again, as we mentioned last week, we keep on saying we mentioned this last week, but uh, uh, again, it's been added to an injury list that's just oh, astonishing. Yeah, Whoever the hell their physical. Uh, <laughs> f- well, wait, mo- is, 
In the defence, at least. Yes, on the defence. How, how many hamstrings is it possible? But the, the problem is that it's to score goals, like for most teams. So it's crazy because they have a lot of uh, defender yeah, defenders and they, they don't have a defen yeah. defensive problem. But they've, but they've, also, exactly, they've, they've been relatively stable at the back. They've only con they've conceded eight goals in nine games, which is not spectacular, but respectful. it's perfectly respectable. And it's, I mean, Anusa conceded four in nine, but apart from that, Godoy Cruz six. And other than those sides, eight in nine games is, is comparable, if not better than How many have Racing conceded? Top line. Nine. Racing have conceded nine. Right. But, so, uh, so before this game, Belgrano, Fizzali, Velez, Southfield have both conceded seven, Velez are down at 15th. Um, but, but you know, it's, it's half a number Bocker have conceded. But uh, Sam, going back to River uh, injuries, it's not just hamstrings. They, they, no. Two of them have cards, done their needs. Their knee, knee tendons. Yes. Not just, well, they. Uh, leg ligaments. Maidana. Yeah. And also uh, Martin Aguirre. Aguirre. Yeah. Martinez Aguirre. The Martin. midfield. Yes, crazy. But yeah, I see, I see a different purpose on that team. I, I see that Ramon Diaz uh, set out to do something, and even yes. if it's still early to see if they will win the league or not. They, yeah, they need something least, more to win the league, I think. Yeah, but they're yeah. top four. I mean, nobody. Yeah. I, I certainly didn't expect River to be top four really? this far no. into the tournament. No, no. no. Um, I'm, I'm very pleasantly surprised by it. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not knocked off my chair. Can't, can't believe it's possibly happening, but um, I wasn't expecting it either. Yeah, um, I mean, too, I, how as, many as, games as did I they at the start of the Donnell final, I said what I'd like from River. Everybody was going, no, River are going to win the championship because it's River, so that's what you have to say. But I, I, I said then to anybody who would listen, I'll be happy if River managed to qualify for the Copa Sudamericana. And at the, at the moment, they're in the qualification spots for the Copa Sudamericana. How uh, many games did they win comfortably. of the nine? So far, they, Four or five. River's record so far is five wins, two draws, two defeats. Um, they're a point ahead of Arsenal. They're two points behind Newell's. Obviously, having having dropped those two points against Arsenal, and they, they had a couple of four strange wins. You know, the Tigre game that they won in the last minute. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. But I'm not saying we've just been talking about Lanús game. That Lanús won in the last. Yeah, minute. right. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, I, I expected them to be like this. I would be surprised if they were, you know, above Lanús or mm. undefeated so far. But for me, it's normal. Um, the other games which we haven't mentioned yet actually there's only one I think uh, oh, is last night kills. Belgrano 3 Quilmes nil. both sides went into this having won in the 5th round and drawn their 3 matches since so the previous 4 games had identical records very evenly matched I couldn't find much between them and Belgrano was, I mean Quilmes didn't turn up no, they yeah they have a lot of injuries they have a lot of injuries and just not have the other six players on the pitch or what? They, they, no, but they have, they have a lot of injuries. You know, uh, they have a defender that will be out for the rest of the season, yeah. Alfredo Oliveira. Miguel Caneo, who was returning, the playmaker, was returning from a long-term injury. He got injured again. He will be out two, three weeks. Um, and they, their best player in the first rounds was uh, the ex-Lanus striker. No, the ex-Lanus striker, Menendez. Mm -hmm. And he's been injured the last two, yeah. three weeks. He's so so they're having, they having issues with... Uh, in, uh, issues with injuries. But they, they're another well. side of it with this fairly decent uh, youngster who they called up, Lucas Milan. Mm. Yeah, Milan has done okay. well, what he's been called on. Um, but yeah, they've had a fair few suspensions actually as well. They've, they've got uh, Lolo, Luciano Lolo is, is out this weekend having done something to a. Uh, he scored against Arsenal. Something, 
He scored against Arsenal two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, well done, Belgrano. Belgrano as well. We should we should say we're not talking about them in the terms of the championship race. It's almost as if we've tried to just sort of bat that final game off. But really well done to Belgrano because although they're ninth in the torneo final, um, they're actually just ahead of River in the Copa Sudamericana. Yeah, they will go to Copa Sudamericana. I think they, it's their first tor- international tournament exactly. ever. Exactly. They're I nailed think, off yeah. for a continental debut in the second half of this year, um, and I'm sure all of us. Even the River Plate fan here, who saw them relegate uh, my team, will be delighted to see them there. Um, genuinely, I think it would be a fantastic story, given, given that they've only been in the Primera now for, what, two years? And obviously, it's not their first ever two years in the Primera, but still, it would be wonderful. Um, to, to clarify the Copa Sudamericana situation, by the way, because this year is changing, we're no longer going to have the same sides in the Sudamericana and the Libertadores. Really? Sides, you want to do this? <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's yeah. almost it's fairly, impossible. It's fairly simple. Sides who played in this year's Libertadores are not going to be playing in this year's Sudamericana. Apart from, I think, if you're the and champion. Yes. Apart from if you're the super champion. Of super, the super champion. If, right. if, so if, if, um, if Lanús, let's say, as, a, as an example, uh, win the torneo final... Play the final against Vélez. They, they have to play the season final against Vélez Sarsfield. And the, the winners of that season final go into the Sudamericana, as well as obviously the, the Libertadores. No, because, well, if it's Vélez. Both of them go to Libertadores. Oh, no, sorry, actually. Vélez already went to Libertadores this year. Exactly. The winner of this tournament goes to Copa Libertadores next year. And the winner of the super final goes to Copa Sudamericana. So it's a, an enormous honour to win the Super Final. This, this is pretty much the only thing that the Super Final matters for, as far as we're aware at the moment. Uh, probably we play the Recopa or Supercopa Argentina possibly, possibly. final against the Copa this Argentina. Is, win. This is the hilarious thing. We said this at the start of the, the, the Hand Upon 2012 Torneo Inicial preview edition was recorded on the basis that there was not going to be a champion of the Inicial or the Final and that the champion of the season was going to be decided by this Final. This, this super final. Uh, that was never going to happen. And we all said, this is a ridiculous idea, it's stupid, but the season's starting in three days' time, so this looks like what's going to happen now. The day after we recorded, the day before the season started, <laughs> before I even had a chance to upload the podcast, the AFA announced there will be a trophy for the winners of the initial, there will be a trophy for the winners of the final. Both will be considered to have won an Argentine championship, but we're still going to have this super final anyway. Um, and we've been wondering ever since and we're now three quarters of the way through the season and it's still not entirely clear what the point of this super final is going to be um, so this is the wonderful world of Argentine football uh, it's, it's magnificent fun we've been recording for just over, a, just over an hour uh, both Seba and Mariano have now started looking at their mobiles and, and clearly they're very important to be with us and we have you were tweeting Eight minutes ago, I have a, I have a tweet from you. Ah, Eight right. minutes ago, while I was talking. So How is that possible? A tweet? Yes. No, you're done. Yes. Huh? Look at this. And you got Not hacked. Someone's hacked my account, yo. Yeah. <laughs> and what did you write? Send your questions to. <laughs> yeah. You're tweeting something about episode 26 of Hundred. No, no, no. It was a retweet. No, it wasn't. It was a retweet. I saw. Somebody, someone's retweeted. Ah. That was amazing. I was, I was talking to our special guest who's currently waiting for us to call him up. So what I'm now going to do is uh, play some music, recharge my glass, at least I don't know whether anybody else wants to read them, um, and then we, we will introduce our special Handapod episode 100 guest live on Skype who's going to help us out with the question and answer session.
a special guest for the 100th episode, uh, Ed Malian. Say hello, Ed. Oi. Uh, you may you may remember Ed from uh, two or three episodes last. When was it? September? October? Uh, October, yeah, the whole month of October it was. He was very generous and, and hosted us in, in Palermo. And he's back now for the, the question and answer session of Hand of Pod. So, here we go. First one is from new listener, I think, a very enthusiastic listener, asked us a couple of questions last week. Coco the monkey, who asks... <laughs> <laughs> he's a real monkey? <laughs> I don't know whether he's a real he's monkey. A cheeky monkey. Um, but he asks, who are the players that Carlos Bianchi will look to replace in the upcoming months? It's almost like he was listening live to us earlier, isn't it? And do you think Martinez has been successful thus far? So let, let's try not to say all of them, but does anybody <laughs> want to chip in? Ed, just chip in as well. It's got um, to be the defence. The defence is an absolute shout. So Lai is not fit to play for anyone in the Premier A, let alone Boca. Uh, Caruso, Caruso like, I don't know what happened to him. As soon as he put on the Boca shirt, it's like, you know. A penalty machine. It's a penalty <laughs> machine. But there's like a phrase in. In Argentina, I don't know how exactly you'd translate it into English, but basically the, the shirt's too big for him, it <laughs> seems. Like the Boca shirt is too big for him. He was absolutely fantastic in Argentinos, but I've seen him play maybe two or three good games for Boca since he arrived, and that was, what, in 2010? And that's it. Uh, I read a short list of players that are staying, and it's basically Orion, Orion, Bordiso, Erviti, Martinez... And I don't remember Sanchez Minio and a few of the youngsters. Yeah, a few of the Paul Fernandez, and I think that's probably. I, I think for defenders, one of the problems, and I heard this uh, theory or explanation from Tim Vickery once. Uh, he was talking about Gabriel Paleta and how early he went to Liverpool and, mm. and how different it was for him to play for for a team that is always in attack. So it, there is more space for you to defend or to play in. I think it's a, it's, that's a very valid point, and it, it applies to both Chiqui Perez and Caruso because they were playing for teams that were most of the time in defense or, sure. or de- defending more than attacking. So they have less room to move, less uh, space to cover, and the, mo- the moment they go to Boca, the, the, the situation is changes dramatically to them so they have more room they are more exposed yeah. and that could be well, one of the sorry Ed go on the whole defence is an absolute shambles anyway but my problem is you know I've seen Bianchi kind of obviously I mean he's one of the few managers that could get away with that result in San Juan but the way that um, he's brought in Chiqui Perez and Perez has been like fucking diabolical yeah, he gets away with it but yeah, I don't understand it like he's brought in Perez Perez has been dreadful but people have said, oh, he can only buy three players in January. Yeah, well, one of them has been absolutely monumentally horrendous. You have players that were stars on their own teams. Yeah. You know, from Caruso in Argentinos, uh, Somoza in Vélez, Serviti in Banfield. Right. Bringing in players from small teams that were brilliant, and then they completely Martinez, and, that's, that's Martinez and Silva won two championships with Vélez. Ed, you're the closest thing that Hand of Pod has to a wheeler and dealer in the transfer market, so do you have any names up your sleeve that they might want to look at? Maybe... Europe, European-based players, yeah, yeah. I think you're coming back. Or? I was actually going to mention. I think um, I think Caruso might get a European move because he's got an Italian passport. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him get you know 
uh, some sort of dodgy move to an Italian lower Serie A club, maybe a Serie B club. We nearly had him put in um, FC Basel last season. He wasn't far off. So I think there's, you know, there's not going to be an issue getting rid of Caruso. I think it'd be hard to get rid of Perez six months into his time at the club. Who are you bringing? I mean, um, I think it was Mariano was saying um, a couple of months back that he thought Lissandro Lopez might go to Boca, which would be an amazing move for, I can't for Boca. No, I think he's coming now. No, I think he's far too good for them, and he needs to get to Europe ASAP. But I, I wouldn't even know who to recommend at the moment. I mean, who else in in the Premier is impressing at centre back? Vizcarrondo perhaps but I don't think he's going to go to Boca I think his next move as well is going to be outside Argentina yeah no he's well um, didn't they say Granada were looking at him and kind of the, the Udinese family were looking yes, at Vizcarrondo I heard something about that yeah um, I, I don't know I mean Boca are an absolute mess I, I can't believe I know obviously Bianchi's got his, his history and stuff but I would have got rid of him already I think it's, it's not going to work and all you're doing is holding on um, if he's got any sense, he just you know play the pibes to the end of the season, get them integrated into the side, and then you know fuck off the rest of it. Just, like Silva's got to go. Um, Martinez has been good, but I mean yeah, he's, he's very alone. I, I think they're probably their best striker at the moment is Nicholas Blandy, which says something about the, the quality, doesn't it? Mm. And then obviously the second part, which Ed's just kind of mentioned of, of Coco's question: Do you think Martinez has been successful thus far? Uh, yeah, for what for the team he's been in and for what he's been up against, I think he's he's held his own. Exactly. You can't, yeah, you can't say anything bad against about. And in it, terms of what you'd expect and what you could possibly hope he could do, he's managed to do it precisely. Really, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, I think much. I feel a bit sorry for him because I thought I think when he agreed to come to Boca, he he believed right, I'm going into a winning team. They're only going to get better this year, and now you know he's in a complete shambles. So it's a bit unlucky, like wrong club at the wrong time. But then there's a history, like, you know, Silva hasn't exactly set the world on light since going to Boca and Somoza. I think Boca fans absolutely detest him now. The vegetable, as yeah. well, legally. Any, it seems a pretty, pretty are, hard road to take. Are there any ex Vélez players that play well in some other place? Ricky Alvarez, we've got a question well, about Ricky yeah. Alvarez, who's yeah, struggling it's an interesting in some question. Some question. Cardedos, who's well. done nothing since leaving. Not Mauro Zarate, for example. Maxi Sarate. Morales. Maxi Morales. Maxi Morales. Well done, Ed. Ex-Racing player. How is Morales doing? <laughs> I watch Bologna every now well, and then. I don't see him Ed. up here. Well, How is Maxi Morales doing? He's uh, played behind German Denise, and um, it's like a 4 4 one, one pretty solid sort of kind of system. And they're lower mid-table. He's doing all right. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a clever little player. It's just that he just needs to have a good six months and he might get a move to one of the bigger, bigger clubs in Italy, I think. We could extend, he's come back to Racing, really. We could extend this question to the, to the last two decades where Vélez has been successful. I don't think there were many players, ex-Vélez players, that were successful in Europe. In some ways, that's why they were successful, right? They were able to get more what about, out of their um, players. But it's, it's been not, not just Vélez, but Bianchi teams. He is famous for making average players perform. He is famous for having Aníbal Matejan neutralizing Luis Figo. And, for, <laughs> you know, it, that is something that doesn't... It doesn't happen. So, whereas at the moment he's primarily known for getting really fairly decent well, players by the local context to. Well, he hasn't. He doesn't have the time to shape those players or, or teams yet. Uh, he's, he's still very, very young in this new mm. era. We're going to move on now because I'm eager to make this podcast less than three hours long. Um, Colombian football pod. <laughs> Which is, uh, sorry, Ed, that, that was Ed's boo coming in, listeners. Um, Colombian football pod, 
Pod, which is another very good podcast on another Latin American country, uh, slightly younger than Hand of Pod. They're not reaching episode 100 yet, but we hope they will one day. Says so, we'd be interested in knowing what the state of play was regarding the contract of young Colombia and River centre back Ede Balanta. Balanta. What I heard and what I know is that they can't uh, play him more than seven matches because yeah. he's not under contract. Essentially, Balanta is still on um, an under 20 contract with River at the moment, which means he's not a full uh, professional player. But because he was under 20 at the start of the current championship, he doesn't have to be registered as part of River's first team squad. However, he's only allowed to play 25% of their matches over the whole of 2012-13, which means he can play, as Seba says, after this match this, uh, this weekend just gone, he's allowed to play seven more of River's remaining 10 matches. So that's it, basically. And he's going to be signed up to a permanent contract probably before the end of this season. <laughs> he's a prospect. Given that he's, he's been... The best player on the pitch yeah. in the previous match and one of the best players on the pitch uh, this weekend just gone. Coco the Monkey again asks, what, who do you expect to have the edge going into the Super Classico? I'm well, going to put this one to Ed first, because he's not been party to our discussions earlier about Sod's Law. Ed? Oh, a better journalist than I would say that a form book goes out the window for a derby. <laughs> but, um, a more cliche-ridden journalist, certainly. I've said it once already on this podcast. <laughs> Oh, well, precisely, a better journalist than I. Um, I obviously, I mean, I like this River team, even if they're not performing perhaps to their full potential. But Boca is so just horrendous at the moment, they're unspeakably poor. Um, I think I think it could be quite a big one, a three-goal, four-goal win. And I'd love to see you, it. You don't think because you don't think River would stand a chance of another six-one with Boca's goal coming from a non-penalty penalty, possibly. I hope so. I, I, I just want to see him get stuffed at the list. You know, they're playing so badly at the moment. I, I can't believe that he gets away with it. I know, obviously, he's got the pass for the club. But um, I, I was trying to explain it to someone at the office, and I was saying it's a bit like Kenny, Kenny Dalglish at Liverpool or someone like that. Yeah, and the other thing, you've got Raquel May who's going to come back for the Super Classico, and he's going to get absolutely munched by Poncio, isn't he? So. I think in that respect, it could very easily be the same as Raquel May's last appearance at the Monumental in the Super Classico, where he was. Injured after about three minutes and then limped through the rest of the first half and Boca may as well have been playing with ten men. Yeah, when Ma- when Maidana scored the header, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's going to be tough this season for Boca because they're going to be constantly fighting against that. Mm. And you can't see where any sort of cohesive system is going to come from. Where's the boost? Um, and that's um, one of these these kids that comes into the team kind of really boosts things. I don't know where, where they're going. It's only th- uh, three rounds away. So this, this coming weekend... River away to Godoy Cruz and Boca host Belgrano and then the weekend after that uh, yeah I mean both of those are are tricky actually for both sides and then the weekend after that we've got River at home to Quilmes and Boca Juniors are away to my I've gone blind Uh, they're away to Estudiantes which with Estudiantes Mm. currently having just taken it's an easy game I tell you what new manager that's the thing Estudiantes I tell you what Union had I don't know I don't remember how many weeks without a win until they play Boca. 26. San Martín de San Juan, 16. like 26 games without a win until they play Boca. San Martín de San Juan, 14? 16. 16 games without a win until they play Boca. But guys, uh, the answer must be... This, you're forgetting the Super Classico. The team that arrives with more confidence to the game is the one that's going to lose it. So, Boca is going to win the Super Classico. Absolutely. <laughs> it's obvious. <Yeah. laughs> They're going to win 1 0, and River is going to miss like 4 or 5 very clear chances. And okay, I'm, I'm going for a celebrate. draw. I'm going for a draw. I'm gonna... Or maybe a draw, but. Yeah. Let me just um, introduce kind of a hypothetical situation. Uh, Boca say in the next couple of games, 
I might pick up two points or three points or something like that. And then they lose the Super Classico in front of their own fans to River. Is that the end of Bianchi? No. I don't think so. No. Eighteen, seventeen on the table. Unless, unless he wants. Seven, seven says no. Yeah. Unless he wants yeah. to. No. I don't, no. They went second, but no, with Mariano. It will depend on where are they in Copa Libertadores. If they are still in Copa Libertadores, yeah. it won't be the end of Bianchi. Uh, um, if he's, they are already out of Copa Libertadores and they lose big against River. I don't know. They will kill everybody and maybe it's the end of Bianchi's life. Ed, what do you think? I think him and Raquel may last till the end of the season and then get ushered out the back door, really. Uh, I, I, I also think he'll resign opposed to getting sacked. Mm. But you never know how far people get pushed in these sort of things. Asma? My guess is no. They will wait. Yeah. But they cannot... He has, like we were talking about it earlier, he's just too big of a hero for the team mm. for them to get rid of him as they would have done no. with another yeah. director. Sorry, maybe I didn't make myself clear I don't think for a moment he'll be sacked, but would no, it no, cross no. his mind to resign? I think, yeah. if, I think if they're kind of 18th in the league, 17th in the league, and then lose the Super Classico. I, I think the political cost for Angelisi will be too high, and I think Bianchi is too proud to, to, to yeah. resign. So he's going to stay regardless, whether, uh, in my opinion, whether even if he loses the Copa Libertadores with a thrashing result or anything like that, and he, even if he loses every match from now till the end of the season. Yeah. I don't think he's going to take the step to say, OK, I'm, that's the end of the line for me. Maybe he, um, will, he will try to find some excuse during the off-season oh, to of resign, course, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> Next question. James asks, what is the state of Argentine goalkeepers like? I'm going to hand this over to one of our two Argentines, I think. We've got two real-life Argentines in here, one of whom is very happy about the state of his current Argentine club, or ex-Argentine club's goalkeeper, <laughs> I know. The other of whom is maybe slightly less brilliant about his own club's Argentine goalkeeper, first choice one at least. Um, Seba, first of all, Argentine national side. You run Mundabi Celeste, which is a website about Argentine national teams in all sports. I'm quite happy with the standard with of many of the goalkeepers we have. There is no argument. There is no um, no point arguing that Willy Caballero is playing at a at a level good enough to play for Argentina. But the thing is. Sergio Romero is growing into his role as national team and Romero's number one. 23 or something. He's very he's young. Well, he's been, he's uh, moved to Europe at the age of 18. Yeah. He already has World Cup experience. Yeah. He's, he's been a national keeper, like undisputed national keeper for three years now, four years. Then, then you have Orion playing fantastically well for Boca. Why wasn't he playing the Saha? weekend? Rested or? Uh, no idea. No idea. Because yeah. uh, usually keepers play every week. No way. Yeah. Yeah, well, they have two big goalkeepers, they have to use them. That's it. Yeah. That's, that was one decision I never really understood why they brought in was Daddy. Hmm. You know, it's fine, you know, you need a decent backup keeper for if something happens, but I think it's kind of been proved in the history of football that if you have kind of two, two keepers that are first choice keepers, it's, it's never going to go well. It's not, it's not a good move. I'm having that problem with my football manager game at the moment. There you go. Sam can confirm it in, in fantasy. Uh, Mariano, how's, yeah. how's your club's Argentine goalkeeper? Well, no, we never, talked about Lass- we never talked about Lassie's keeper. Yeah, Sebastián Saja yeah, is fantastic. Be, uh, and also, I, I'm giving Sabela credit and, he, and I'm happy with whatever he decides because he's showing me that he knows, he's showing me that he's getting results and that's... To me, a very important thing, and that's probably part of a, a, another debate, like Mes, uh, Tevez, yes or no, 
or whoever else is uh, out of the of the of the radar uh, for Sabella this 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 far into the World Cup qualifiers, I'm giving Sabella my full vote of confidence and and just the, I'm, I'm giving Sabella the keys to my house if he wants to. So it's uh, so he can cook. Like <laughs> yes. <laughs> but do you think do you think that um, that Saka could be in the squad? Like? Of course, yes. Yeah, Even be. just to take the penalties. The three, <laughs> the three best Argentinian goalkeepers right now for me are Saka, Caballero, and Campestrini. Romero. But I agree with Seba. Romero, no? I think he might be in the top five. Ah, top okay. five with Andujar. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But I agree with uh, what Seba said about the core of the team, the unity of yeah. the, that group, and that's what Sabela is doing. I put Martisin in that group, but from what I've seen, you know. Martisin, Martisin, yeah. he's, he's yeah, done yeah, a very yeah. good season. And, really really okay. and he's kind of, he's a young kid as well, what, he's 22, 23, yeah, and he's been... 20, I think 24, maybe. Yeah. But yeah. You know, and yeah, he's yeah, been yeah. first choice for Lanús for what, four yeah, years, yeah. three years. Like, I think, yeah, he's... It's good that he's in the squad. The and he's getting a lot of experience at a level that tests him, but not maybe yeah, I mean, destroys his confidence at the same time. Yeah, let's not play down the Argentine league. Like, the defences are so bad normally that keepers are <laughs> tested. <laughs> it's um, not like, yeah. Okay, regarding Argentine goalkeepers as well, it, it not really in response to the question, but Migliori? <laughs> What's happening? <Yeah. laughs> Any updates on the story? I don't know. But I, well, we I, told I, last week that he's in jail with one of my mates. Yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like called Mariana. Mariana. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know, but I don't know if there's an update on his situation. I think that until the Boca Barra Brava turns himself in, uh, he won't be out. But I hope that happens soon because Ivanias was been up to the. <laughs> no, the last, actually, the last time I heard. He didn't do anything wrong against Racing. No, come he on. He wasn't at fault. Yeah, he, 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 he wasn't at fault for any of those. The, the last time I heard, Migliore had been, um, yeah. Yeah. let's say, compromised in terms of the plea that he'd given, at least, uh, by the fact that apparently the, the wife of one of Boca's barras had uh, texted Migliore to warn him this guy that you're harbouring is being searched for by the police, by the way. So Migliore's, Migliore's claimed that he wasn't aware that it was happening. It's completely shot through now. Um, but we will continue to give you as updated as possible, listeners, on the Migliore situation. And of course... Uh, sorry, have you uh, mentioned that the, the name of Martin Palermo was also uh, rumoured to, to be uh, involved in this case, and also a journalist, Martin Costa, who covers... Seven, tell us more about it. Uh, Hand upon very much likes Martin Palermo, so... Um, yeah, well, I might edit this section out. It is, it is, it is well known that he, Martin Palermo, attended events uh, yeah. organized by, yeah, by, the, by, the, by the Boca Barra. Not Riquelme, no. Riquelme, Riquelme. Always, Riquelme always opposed to the Barra Brava. Martin Palermo was Sorry, yeah. kind of a. I wouldn't say friends, I, I, I don't know, but he was the, fact that, the fact that he went to supporters' clubs uh, for Boca and signed autographs and took pictures, and those events were organized yeah. by the Barra Brava. Well, can I say something in his defense? Because I've been to, to similar events in uh, Racing and things like that, you know, kind of um, parties uh, organized by filiales, uh, mm-hmm. What, mm-hmm. supporters' clubs, you say, yeah, kind of uh, from Zona Norte and things like that. And the Barra, um, you know, for good or bad, mostly bad, they find a way to, uh, to get their feelers in and to get their hooks into these, these parties, these events. And particularly, so you if go, no, particularly if you're a player who's been at a club for as long as, say, Palermo was at mm. Bonga. Mm. Exactly. It can so be quite difficult to hang around that club yeah. for too long without 
Yeah, yeah. I'm, so I'm I'll give you as powerful and influential as Bob because it's completely. I'll give you an example. I went to a couple of years ago. I went to a party laid on by the the supporters club of San Norte in, in Buenos Aires, which is what San Isidro, Tigre, San Fernando. It's like, a racing supporters. Yeah, club. racing. Yeah, sure. but those and, these are not violent even, fans. These are no, normal these are, fans. These are sport club that yes. go to the games together because they live far away, so they. Organised buses, organised transport, like completely just normal fans, just fanatic, and they group together. And at this, at this, um, at this fiesta, at this party, you know, you had um, Rodrigo Molino, Molino, who was the president at the time of Racing, Pablo Polita, the vice president, Claudio Jacob, who was the uh, captain, Matias Martinez, the vice captain. They were all there, and you also had a lot of members of the Barra Brava who basically heard of the heard of the event pushed their way in saying like we're Barra we want to drink free and we want to have a good time so we're going to be here so yeah, that's in that same time you can say alright so Jacob Martinez Molino and no, no that's different because events. but that's different it's this kind of Barra yeah. didn't organise directly these yeah. kind of events but but you know I mean, that but the they thing is they visit to a hospital at some point which Bocas Barra organised for a couple of yeah, or, yeah. or members of the family who yeah. they knew or something and Palermo and a couple of other pocket but what I'm saying is that it can be more innocent than what it yes. actually sounds yes, like of course, in, of course. you know it's supporters meetings that are hijacked by the Barra or kind mm-hmm. of they say right we're going to take control and we're going to organise these things mm-hmm. and the players do it because maybe they believe yeah. you know, giving them the absolute benefit of that right mm-hmm. so go back on just to bring it full circle how does this all well, there, story, yeah, there's a report. Migliore and Palermo are friends. You course. know that Migliore has a tattoo of Palermo's face uh-huh. on his back, right? <laughs> yes. Did you ever mention that? That's almost no. embarrassing. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Google it. There, yeah. there are pictures of that. He has, a, like, you tattoo your mother's face, <laughs> he has a tattoo of Palermo's face. Yes. But they're friends. And he's a San Lorenzo goalkeeper. It's okay, but you know? they're friends. That's like. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I'm not tattooing I've never shown face of my, my friend. Tattoo on the back, like. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, but anyway, this, there was a report uh, suggesting that Martin Palermo and Martin Costa were involved in this uh, case, in this Migliore case. But so far, nothing coming from justice or the police or whatever. It's just. Uh, newspaper report and nothing has uh, there, were, there wasn't any progress on that front but just the fact that those two names are being thrown around could indicate something uh, it looks a little bit like Migliore is like a scapegoat right yeah. mm-hmm. to this situation uh, I mean he's guilty of something but, but to be in jail words, for a month. These are the words of a man who supports the club in which Pablo Migliore is. And even if we need him, I really don't like him. Yeah. I don't like him. For him on he's, he's a very difficult man to like. Did you chant for him on Saturday? Did the chant go out for Migliore? What? Uh, sorry. Uh, Where are some of the No, 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 no. no. Oh, we did. Uh, I think oh, we need him. Migliore, no, no, no. Okay, let's move to something else. And finally, regarding Argentine goalkeepers, because I remembered while this discussion was going on that we, in fact, do have another supporter of a team with an Argentine goalkeeper. Ed, are you still awake? Well, um, I was wondering when you were going to mention him, but he had an because absolute shocker tonight, so we, I didn't really want to play fast. I don't know about tonight, but we should first of all just say, since it's our 100th episode, and so we're reviewing some of the history of Hand of Bob, which is coming up in the final question as well. Um, we should mention, of course, that thanks to Ed, we, we once got introduced by Chris, uh, Crystal Palace's 
um, goalkeeper Julian Speroni. Do you think he's close to the national team end or potential uh, Argentine he material? He should have been. He definitely should have been a couple of years back. He's, he's been one of the most consistent keepers in the English leagues. Uh, could have gone to the Premier League but wanted to play first team. Um, it's just that I, I think the actual quality, as you touched on, of Argentine keepers at the moment is quite good. Uh, I think there's five or six lads who could be pushing for those three spots. Um, I'd have Caballero in there. Uh, whether he's going to take over Romero for now, I don't know. But, you know, much as seen Campestrini or the others got to be fighting for the spots, yeah. Excellent. Penultimate question. Now we've got two more left on this episode, I think. Um, the first is from Roberto Barsanti, who I think is a first time question asker. I've not heard his name before. Uh, I've not read out his name before, I should say. Um, who asks, How good is Ruben Botta? Do you think he will succeed in Europe? I know that Mariano maybe has a slightly different opinion. Uh, not so much that you think yeah. badly, but more that you don't think quite uh, I think, uh, uh, I so think I've, said it, I, I've said it before and kind of thought. Uh, I think he's a good player. I'm not sure if he will succeed in Europe. We, because we I think say, by the way, Roberto presumably is asking this because since we last got asked a question about Botta, he's been confirmed as, or he mm-hmm. at least has confirmed himself that he's signed for Inter at the end of the season. I, I'm not sure. I, I, don't know. I think he's a little bit overrated. I think he's good, but he's like too good for a bad team because Tigre is awful this year and he's probably with Matias Pérez García who has been playing better mm. lately he's like the only good you know, attacking player they have because they have a few young strikers that are not good enough and Maggiolo is not playing that good so he's like he's, he's good but I'm not sure he's going to be he's still for me one of the most exciting Explosive, let's say, players in the Primera. Uh, Dan's itching to say something, so Dan. I think the thing is for me with with this kind of deal is you never quite know how a, how a player's going to approach the move and how they're, they're going to go for it because you could say that he's only, you know, played for Tigre and he's only played for opposition, but at the same time, if you look at the players that suppose, like, we assume that he's going to be playing with, he's going to have Freddy Guarín just behind him and Rio Palacio and he's not that young. I, I think no, he's not that young. No, he's not 22. That young. He's 22. Yeah, around there. So he's moving up to another level. Like you don't know if having these great players, you know, Guarín is a player that I absolutely adore. I think he's a fantastic, fantastic football player. I've seen him. You know, he can play centre field and also further up the pitch. And I've seen him play a lot for Inter, and I love him. Mm-hmm. Um, Palacio as well is a fantastic player. So who knows? He's played for Tigre and we've been really impressed with that. Maybe with those two players kind of in between him, it would just like grab that number 10 shirt, the Trequatita, as they say in, as they say in Italy, and it would just explode. He's at that kind of funny level where he's not... He's an unknown. Let's say he's an he's, unknown. He's clearly very talented, but he's not quite so good that he's just clearly too good for the Argentine league. And so it's difficult to say exactly how he's going yeah. to settle in. Maybe but then again, he's, you know... We take them two players I just said. He's between, you know, he might play between Guarín and Palacio. At the moment, he's playing between Castaño and Machiola. Yeah. Yeah. Two <laughs> extremely but average. Playing, but he's Premier, playing against Premier Chiqui Adams. Pérez and Caruso, not playing against, <laughs> you know, uh, no, Chiellini that, and. Italian <laughs> defences are a shower anyway. Like, well, well Chiellini yeah, surely gives away about as many penalties as Caruso. <laughs> I'll say you go Fine. Asa, do you have any, any thoughts on Botta? Have you met him? Have you interviewed him? Who? Ruben Botta, Tigger. 
I only interviewed. He's got to be like the only Primera player you haven't interviewed at some point. Sure. <laughs> no, there are lots of them. I think last year I spent a lot of time in Brazil interviewing players, and here it's really hard to get in touch with the players and like you want to talk to them and they're not in club jurisdiction so you cannot really make the club press person to organize an interview for you even if it's good for the club or anything so no there are lots of players aside from the ones that I knew from before I have some kind of personal contact via friends I haven't been around many first I mean division players in Argentina you need to be more and also you know what they say every time I want to interview someone The guy gets injured, so Sebastian oh. and Gabi keep saying, okay, so why don't you interview Cristiano Ronaldo? Why don't you ask for that so he will get fucking injured or something? And I was like, hmm, should I do that? Because Neymar. I want to interview again. No, Neymar, you know, Neymar is say late May next year. I love Neymar. Neymar. I interviewed him already. He's really a nice kid, by the way. Very funny and smart. Seba interviewed him as well. He's interviewed him before. I did. The final question on the 100th episode of Hand of Pod um, is probably one that myself and English Dan are more qualified than anyone else to answer, but I'm going to put it out to everybody, including Ed, because uh, you're still there. Um, from Billy Morrison, uh, he asks, 100 episodes, well done. Thank you very much, Billy. What's been the best moment? And then he clarifies that he's talking about Hand of Pod uh, particular moments rather than football moments. I think this, uh, my favorite, my fa- my personal favorite it was when uh, Alejandro Faulin introduced the show. I don't know which episode that was, but uh, that was it was good to hear his voice uh, opening that episode of Hand of Pod. And of course, the the, the Vickery episode was was very good as well. Uh, it was a it was a very good night. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Asma. Well, congratulations on the 100th, and hopefully we'll be another 100 more. I wasn't trying to turn this into a mutual black slapping, but thank you. Well, I thought that was the point that I was here so that I can... Do you listen when you're not on? I'm assuming not, to be honest. But no. Do you have a favourite episode from the, what, three or four that you've appeared on? I think the one that I liked most is when we were with Tim Vickery. Yeah. Because it was such a fun episode, and the guy is funny to listen He's great, and we were all having a great time because it was the first time many of us mm-hmm. was meeting mm-hmm. him for the first time. It was a very genuine, nice evening for for me too. Um, and also, Dan, without the Australian Dan, it's, it's kind of weird. He's Aust- not here. Australian Dan, I should clarify, is not able. It, it's uh, just that kind of wrong time of the early to mid-morning for him in Australia. Uh, Mariano? I think this one... Uh, probably we are recording on a table that is not moving. With a dog who's been completely silent throughout the No, no, screaming kids. The, door here, the dog here is sleeping. He's not like zombie. Like he, he likes to be with people all the time. But no, I don't know. I enjoyed uh, every moment recorded with you guys. Uh, English Dan, who's what you've been on probably 94 or 95 or something in the episode. Yeah, there's not been many I haven't been on. I always look back at, at the first one. Because fir- none of us... Well, I didn't really know you and Dan, and like we did it at my house. You guys didn't know Gerardo. We had mm. Francisco, the boxer. Yeah, it was Francisco, yeah. Before well, the Super Classico. Yeah. I well just remember, and Nesta, of course. Yeah. I just remember, I, I saw um, Sam was tweeting all through the day, kind of, classic Hannah Pod episodes and he put up the, um, 
uh, episode number one, which was one one of the few where we took a picture before. And it's yeah. just all of us up on my, like my terrace, uh, all kind of really chilled out. It was a um, lovely spring day. You didn't get the feeling um, from the picture that all through that recording there was sirens going off. There was, <laughs> I don't know, people getting stabbed downstairs. There was people chasing each other and dogs fighting very dog, noisily yeah, in the background. Dogs fighting. <laughs> we're all fucked because we're drinking buckets of Fanet and <laughs> at least I was smoking something. I was relatively shouldn't have been smoking, him. but I just thought it was a really brilliant way to get the podcast going. We had Kirado who's still my housemate after, um, you know, 100 episodes in, what, two and a half years, <laughs> saying that he wants Enzo Francescoli as the, as the next Argentina manager. Yes, <laughs> back, back when... Back when that was probably the best single moment I've I think, as quotes go, like, we can't beat that one. Francescoli, Tecnicoli, Argentina. So I'm, I'm going to look back at the first one, and I thought, you know, I think I got the feeling even from that time that something really special was growing. So in other words, it's all been downhill for you since the first episode. Yeah, after that. I've, I've barely been hired till since. Ed, I guess as somebody who's been, for the most part, a listener and an occasional very welcome guest, uh, what's, what's been your favourite Hand of Pod moment? Well, I mean, the Vickery Pod was, was sensational, not just from a football point of view, but, you know, when you got onto the whole politics and culture stuff. Can I just say, uh, I never get tired of you telling me that's your favourite episode of any podcast ever. Yeah, no, it is. It's one of the best I've ever listened to. Um, obviously, I, I liked being on it when we had it in my, my gaff in Palermo. That was pretty um, pretty tidy. Just oh, nice. drinking. I think Joel's been... Sorry, Joel's been a great addition. It's a shame Seb is not on it as much anymore, but uh, if I guilt him, then he might come on it more. Um, but otherwise, I mean, it's just... Little ones as well. Like, do you remember when the, uh, the Copper America one, you had a Brazilian lad on and him and Seb were arguing all the way through? I think, you know, there have been so many little classic moments like that. Now it's like Friends, you know, the, the TV series, yeah. the one with Seba fighting a Brazilian. They just started wrestling. It was fantastic. It, it started out with us kind of saying, look guys, just pretend that you disagree all the time, and then they actually did disagree yeah. all the time. No, that, yeah, that was a classic, so. Um, and obviously, I'm the only one who's, person who's been on all, all 100, plus the three or four uh, Copa America previews. Um, it's an excuse for me to get very misty-eyed, really, and just say that when I first suggested Hand of Pod, I never really thought it would get to 100 episodes, and I've loved every minute of it. And hopefully, at least, listeners, you've got as much enjoyment out of listening to it as we do from recording it. I, I like to think that the enjoyment that we get from recording it comes across. Um, I think it's more to do with the finet than the talk. <laughs> possibly at least as much, yeah. Um, th- there's always that, that, uh, that risk. But no, thank you very much to all the listeners. Uh, to well, everybody who asked questions, including question. Benny, including Benny, who, who asks questions every single week. And yes, genuinely, here's to another hundred, gents. Uh, Congratulations to you. Cheers. Really, really. Thank you, Benny, for giving us the excuse to chin- chink our glasses. Oh, this one we have actually, <laughs> actual glass glasses. Ed, can you make a chinking noise over Skype with your mouth, maybe? Chink. <laughs> there we go. We Another hope you have. Um, I'm now going to play uh, some music. Can, can I also um, go on, sir. pay tribute to uh, a forgotten member of, of the group and that zombie? Uh, oh, zombie! Who yeah. has been on virtually every episode, and they shouldn't be forgotten in all of this. No, absolutely. Uh, I think I don't know how much comes on over the pod because I don't listen ever. But <laughs> just, he's, he's my, relatively vocal. Yeah, no, but just as well, my frantic, you know. 
Zombie, basta, zombie, portate via zombie, salì a calla, conci e tu madre. It comes up in the background all the time. Every episode. Yeah, yeah. Conci e tu madre zombie, that's a new song. The conci e tu madre. No, I sing that too. The conci e tu madre, lui. He's an all boys fan. There we go. Right, we were having this discussion on Twitter last night about how many racing fans and all boys fans and so on. And I said zombie was an all boys fan. Zombie is an all boys fan, yeah. Nesta. Uh, he always gets really pissed off at me when I sing the country and my voice and he tries to bite my head off. So and Nesta? Is Nesta is a rugby fan. Okay. Ed, 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 we should say while he's on, made a very good pun on Twitter last night saying that Zombie was a Perro Carril Weste fan. So congratulations on that one. <laughs> no, Zombie without a doubt is awful. It's Devastatingly bad. On this note, we've now been recording for well over two hours. I'm hoping to cut this down to, I guess, somewhere around two hours. Uh, Ed, stick around, because then you can tell me what you think of these. Um, but I'm now going to play Mystic Sam's theme tune, and we shall, uh, I, rather, will, will tell you what to bet all of your pocket money on this coming weekend. Ten matches this weekend, and this is how they're going to go. I'm going for Meles Sarsfield versus Newell's Old Boys. Newell's to win. Draw between Colón and Racing in Santa Fe. It's in now, Is it? Ooh, Shit, I've... I've <laughs> <laughs> you're right, it is. <laughs> no, sorry, I, I haven't miswritten that, actually. I just misread my own prediction. So, yeah, sorry. Draw between Colón and Racing in Navashaneda. All boys to beat San Martín de San Juan in Floresta. I'm assuming that San Martín are going to take a bit of a slump after their historic thrashing of Boca last weekend. I just wanted to get that in one more time. Uh, Quilmes to beat Estudiantes in Quilmes. Um, Arsenal de Sarandí to draw against San Lorenzo. You're happy with that, Mariano? Yeah, When you say you're happy, you're happy with me predicting it or you're happy with the, with the prediction? Because they're very I, different I think we're happy with the draw. Uh, if Sam says it's a draw, it, it'll be either uh, Kilman. Uh, exactly. The one thing it's not going to be is a draw, if I predict it. Independiente, away to Atletico Rafael. Obviously, we don't know what Brindisi is going to be like at the moment. Uh, so I'm going for a draw in that one. Have a watch. That's for sure. Sitting on the fence. <laughs> yeah, he, he's not going to know how much time has elapsed yeah, in right. the second half. Uh, Boca Juniors... <laughs> Boca Juniors to lose in La Bombonera to Belgrano just to pile the misery on the Cheeky. Come on, they just. Pull Belgrano. River Plate to win in Mendoza against Godoy Cruz. Lanús versus Union, or rather Union versus Lanús in Santa Fe. There's only one result there, surely, isn't there? Right? No. Um, I wouldn't on. be surprised if Union hold Lanús there. Uh, for, for those who've only started listening for the last 10 minutes, I'm going for a Lanús win in that one, obviously. And I think Tigre are going to beat Argentinos in Victoria, in Tigre. And that's it. Um, Ed, what do you make of those? Because you're my fellow uh, match predictor in the Primera. I haven't um, got around to doing my, uh, my weekly stuff yet. But, that's convenient, uh, that. You've got a much later deadline than I have to do them. You're, you're a very lucky man. Uh, Lanus uh, are about evens, and uh, yeah, I mean you've got a fancy to beat Union. Kadoi um, Cruz against Rivers a cracking game, isn't it? So Velez Neil's mm. cracking game as well. Can't couldn't call it. It's the second um, time I'd in say, second time in as many rounds that River have played. I mean somebody else in the top kind of five or six uh, positions in the final. 
I mean, you, you probably covered this earlier, but I think Godoy Cruz have had a quite an easy run of fixtures. I know they're doing mm. well, and you can only beat what's put in front of you. But their fixtures have been quite easy. So I think, you know, I don't think they'll beat River. Uh, I think they've got to achieve ready. And the standout other one, I'd say, is Arsenal-San Lorenzo, low scoring. I saw, the, I saw the reverse game when I was over in October, and it was 0-0. And San Lorenzo tightened up even further since then, so I can't see where the, all the goals have come from there. But then again, I said that last week, and it was fucking 4-1 yeah. to Rassi. Yeah, I read, I read that. I read yeah, that. the result was yeah. really an aberration. Yeah, it's yeah. under, under Pizzi. It must have said, as I said, Kilmes del Grano, they went into the game with very yeah. similar records, and they ended up, one of them just didn't turn up at all. And what um, do you think about Cologne racing it? It's a, it's a draw or a fair um, result. Well, the thing about Cologne is... You know, I, I like their front pairing, basically. And they started off so badly. They've won three on the trot now. Yeah. Um, I think it's, they've got a good they, team. Like, there's a good team. Worst defence in the league, though. Worst defence yeah. in the league. Um, what's happened to Mugni? That's, I, he was so good last season, he's kind of dropped off the radar a touch. He's been a bit of a bit part player. He's come on from yeah. the bench. I don't know whether he had an injury towards the start of the season. I could have checked of like more than yeah. Mugni this year. Uh, but Munyi has said this as well Munyi's kind of said that since Sensini left he's the team has got better but he's kind of dropped off in form quite a bit himself personally so I don't know whether he had a particular relationship with the manager or what anyway thing, um, should never be 2.2 to beat Cologne though uh, they're way too short so 2.2 2. in proper odds is what uh, just over evens um, I can't even think so something like 7 yeah sure. so you saying that's worth a bet so what you're saying that's worth a bet or not? I'd say I'd, I'd oppose Racing basically because that's too short. Ah, right, yeah. too um, short. And you, back up, you can back them in play. The so, thing is, yeah, I think people forget that Racing have been so much. I think we talked about it a bit earlier in the pod. Racing have been so much better away than at home this year. So yeah, I think at home something happens to Racing. They kind of see they, Chica, right? they get they get smaller. Yeah. yeah. Ed, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, not, never a problem mate always, always enjoy it I won't hang up on you just yet um, but thank you for, for joining us um, we're going to say goodbye now from Asla who's just returned from the kitchen goodbye thank you very much for hosting us Asla goodbye from who shall I go for first Vinicius just sniffing the microphone <laughs> goodbye from Mariano gracias adios thank you for coming along Mariano goodbye from Seba hasta luego gracias Pleasure being on the hundred on the cent, centenary. Centenary. <laughs> and I haven't drink. <laughs> Seb is dressed up in a shirt tonight, by the way. He's the only ah. as, as has English Dan. As has English Dan. Um, goodbye from English Dan. Who is also in the shirt. And I'd like to yeah, thank all our listeners for listening for the last hundred episodes. It's been an absolute pleasure to do it with Sam and and Dan and Seba and Mariano, Ed, Asla. Santiago, all the guests we've had on, it's been it's been fantastic. Like, we've done it essentially just for the love of Argentine football and all its ridiculous events, all its <laughs> shit matches, all its ridiculously decent matches, and everything everything that we've seen, even Arsenal finishing champions, which I'm sure none of us saw when we started recording. No. It's it's just been an absolute pleasure. So thank you very much for, for listening and letting us carry on. That was five minutes on its own, that goodbye. Um, I can't, I can't do my Oscar speech. <laughs> it's great. I'll write that I down. I've got it written here. Like, oh. And I'll memorize it.
Good, uh, goodbye from Ed, who I can only assume, since we, none of us can see him, is dressed up in a full suit and tie for this occasion. Um, I am fully naked, but uh, thank you very much for having me on. And, uh, <laughs> oh my God. Thank you for your dedication, Ed. It's now getting on for half past two in the morning uh, in England, so thank you very much. Um, and, well, on, a, on another slightly emotional level again... Uh, Right after we recorded the very first episode of Hand of Pod, I got on the bus from Dan's house and went on the very first date with the girl who is now my girlfriend two and a half years later. So it's, it's tied up in my emotional life as well, as, as just my, I won't exactly say professional life, hmm. possibly worryingly unprofessional life. But thank you for uh, all of your listens, every person who's ever clicked play on the SoundCloud website. Thank you to SoundCloud. Thank you to my very best friend in the whole world, Nick Ball, for providing this wonderful theme tune that you're about to hear the very end of. <laughs> which, which Dan is now trying to do a vocal rendition of um, thank you to all of you and goodbye you'll be editing this for a week I'm sure I will. Um, And here's to another hundred while we're at it. Ed's been on Skype now for an hour, which means we've recorded for far too long. I was planning to have him on for about 15 minutes.